Welcome back to a podcast greater than yourself. My name is John Barleycorn. And I am Fred. And we are back with part two of the Modem to Modem sponsorship workshop, which took place live on Zoom uh, Saturday, March 27th. Yeah, and if, if you're listening to this one and you haven't heard part one, you should probably stop now because this is going to start on step eight and that would be confusing. You'll be all kinds of lost. So go back one episode, listen to that, and then listen to this one. Mm-hmm. You don't watch Return of the Jedi first. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Which one do you I watch mean, first? Do you know? Uh, Star Wars. Yeah. Well, A New Hope. But yeah, sure. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the one with uh, Darth Maul. Is that... Yeah. No, you watch Jar Jar Binks first. <laughs> then Rogue One. Is it the Yoda show? Is that what it's called? What's yeah. that? Then, then the, the Yoda Disney show... Plus. After the Yoda show comes uh, the Two Towers. After the yes. Two Towers is Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. Wrath of Khan, then Empire Strikes Back. And then that's the last one. Really? Enjoy the workshop. All right. Thanks for coming to our <laughs> Star Wars podcast. It's been so difficult for me. I don't know if you guys see me. I unmute and then remute myself probably like every six minutes because I want to uh, interrupt and make a stupid joke and totally derail this entire serious thing every uh, three and a half minutes. So uh, just the fact that I haven't done that yet is, uh, I think, a miracle. Get a round of applause for Joe for that, please. Doing great, Joe. Yay. Okay. I feel good about this. We're going to, so we're going to get back started. Uh, one ten, we're, we're supposed to formally start doing, uh, eight and nine and we're going to have <clears throat> Christian and Don, which I'm real psyched about. Um, they're going to talk for half an hour, about eight and nine. We got half an hour, 10 and 11 with, uh, Aiden and Diego. And then we're going to have kind of a panel with 12 and it sounds like I'm hoping we get a lot more question and answer. We can keep doing that. That was awesome. Um, you know, just listening to this has been, a huge pleasure for me. It's, it's like, there's so many, I've taken so many notes, right? Um, one of the things that I'm really excited to hear about is, so where are we, right? We've spent, we're on, we've spent a lot of time at, okay. I'm the sponsor now, right? I'm sponsoring a, a new guy. We've spent all of this time looking at that person, right? That we've, and it's very academic. It's these, these academic ideas about control and choice and God and how, you know, these new principles I'm going to live my life against. And then I just basically just like looked at a photo, you know, fourth step. I just made a list all about me. It is this entire experience. This person who's sitting across from me is it's, it's all about Joe at this point. Right. If I'm sorry, if I'm the sponsee and we're doing this really hard turn, we're about to get to, um, with Christian and Don where it's suddenly we've gone from like, Ooh, this person's volunteered to be my personal helper on my little sobriety journey to, Oh shit. Now I really have to do stuff. Like the guy who was sponsoring me, who seemed really interested in my problem. Uh, is telling me that I have to do all this uncomfortable garbage that I don't want to do. And, um, you know, that as a sponsor, that can be kind of a hard transition, right? And it's going to be really interesting for me to hear folks talk about it because, you know, now we have more action, right? We have more action and we're other focused. And this program 
you really start to see how it's about helping other people. And um, when we get to 10 and 11, it's going to be so important to see, I need this feedback loop, especially with sponsorship. I need to get inspirations from the universe because maybe, you know, Joe M's question about the fourth step is a question that I've asked many times um, because it's like, maybe I'm doing this shit just wrong, right? I need some inspiration, right? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm killing dudes. Right. And what I found to Christian's point and everyone else's point, um, we got to keep doing the work. And we're, if we keep doing the work, that feedback loop stays open. If that feedback loop stays open, we're going to keep sponsoring the guy in front of us. However, that person needs to be sponsored and be inspired. And this whole thing, just the wheels get greased and it's just, uh, it's really good. And so, um, I'm hype about that. One thing that it dawned on me that I didn't say earlier that will certainly be said at the very end of this, but for those of you who, who didn't hear it or need to hear it at no point, we're doing the clear cut instructions, right? At no point does it say, wait one year to start sponsoring somebody, right? Um, people told me that, and I, I was terrified of that, right? You know, you get a new per my sponsors telling me that I can start sponsoring people. I've been sober for three months. Every person with time in this room is telling me not to do that. And, um, that was, you know, kind of scary. That's not in the book, right? The program, the, the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, the book that's called Alcoholics Anonymous, it doesn't say that. And we know that, you know, Bill Wilson only had six months when he met Dr. Bob, uh, you know, what if he'd waited a year? So I am giving you permission, even if the people in your hometown are not to start talking to people and start practicing this stuff because uh, you got to live and uh, this is how you're going to do it. So I'll stop, you know, I built in an extra five minutes for you guys so we can go over Christian and Don. Hell yeah. Go ahead. Christian alcoholic. Um, man, this is like, this is just so awesome. Uh, it's such an incredible honor to do this. Um, I special thank you to cat uh, Amber, uh, I guess we're calling her Annie bracket today. Uh, and of course, Joe, you guys are really just helping this. This is just going so smooth, um, for our first time ever doing this incredible. Um, you know, I don't think any of us had really any idea what this was going to look like. So this is better than expected. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, uh, Christian alcoholic, uh, what up eight, two, five Stevens house, one, seven, seven. So glad you guys could join us. 825 still eating lunch. Uh, we'll get them back soon. Hopefully, um, frozen burritos or something must be cooking over there. Uh, so, um, Don and I are going to talk about, um, eight and nine. Um, so I want to let Don introduce herself. And then I think Don and I are going to try to keep this like kind of conversational and kind of bounce back and forth and, uh, interrupt each other, hopefully, and see how it goes. We're not really sure how it's going to go. We're going to see. So, um, Don, do you want to introduce yourself? What's up guys? My name is Dawn. I am a recovered alcoholic. So excited to be here with you guys today and super excited to share the stage with my boy, Christian. I always say that if I was a guy, he would be my sponsor. Um, <laughs> so a, a plug for anyone who's looking for a sponsor. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and throw you out there, Christian. Um, so yeah, let's get it started, man. Cool. So, um, of course there was a great question already about, um, kind of step eight. And I think before I even uh, jump into that road. I just want to say like, um, there are not, I don't think the most clear cut directions around step eight. I, that's my personal opinion. So if I say something or if we say something and, and you had a different experience, 
That's cool. Like if you're recovered today and you got your amends done and how you wrote your list, um, a good friend of ours says, you know, the big book is full of um, functions, not necessarily huge on form. And I love that. Right. It's like, let's not worry so much about how the shit gets on paper. Let's just get it on the paper. You know what I mean? And so if you wrote your perfect eight step list in your fourth step, great. I didn't. My sponsor had me write more names down. And so that's what I did. Um, and that's how I direct my sponsees to do it you know at, at eight i don't know if you can hear my dogs are barking it's like the bumpus hounds around here um so uh um so yeah so we uh i added lists and so the way my eight step list looked is it had columns like a four step and it was basically like here's the name here's the nature of the harm here's the nature of the amends what's well, the nature of an amends that could be like financial um or uh, direct or maybe it says something like that person lives in indonesia and that's going to be fucking tricky and then um the last call very small just says uh, willing question mark right and i it was explained to me very clear it's like you you can either be on step eight or step nine okay so if there's any no's in the willing column guess where you are you're on step eight because a big piece that we miss on step eight is that when we're on step eight, it means we're asking God to provide us with the willingness, right? We ask God to, to take away our drinking and we also ask God to give us certain things through this process, right? And so it's like, um, I can be on step eight while actively making nine step amends. I can kind of be, I can kind of be on eight, nine, 10, 11, and 12 all at the exact same time. Um, and, and that's okay. Like, uh, it's not, it's okay. Like as long as we get to the willingness to do all the amends, that's really all that matters. Um, and so that's kind of my quick take on eight. Uh, Don, what do you got? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, at this most simple level, I did a list of the names, right? All the names that I talked about during inventory, whether I thought I owed them an amends or not, whether my sponsor thought I owed them an amends or not, every name I put on that list. Um, and then uh, it was told me that, that there is this eight step prayer um, because like Christian said, like, I'm probably not going to have the willingness to do this. <laughs> Um, and it says, uh, if we haven't the will to do this, how did they know that I wouldn't have the will to do this? Because they probably didn't want to do this shit either. Right. Um, it says, if we haven't the will to do this, we ask until it comes. Every time the book says we ask, who are we asking? We're asking God. It's a prayer. <laughs> um, there are four ninth step prayers in the book. If you haven't found them, go find them. Right. Every time it says we ask, it's a prayer. Right. And it says, remember, it was agreed at the beginning. We would go to any links, uh, for victory over alcohol. Because it's real easy to say I'm willing to do anything when I haven't really been clear about what I'm going to have to do in this, right? And so um, this goes against my very nature to go face people and tell them I was wrong. I had to tell somebody I was wrong this morning. Freaking rips my soul apart every single time still today, right? Um, because I don't want to do this. <laughs> so I still today have to ask for the willingness because I still have to go and make amends um, because, you know, I'm unfortunately not perfect. I don't know. I think you're pretty close. Thanks. Um, oh, yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention is obviously the point of this whole thing is that we are doing this on a like, how do you do the steps during a pandemic? And, uh, you know, I've already thought about like, people might be like, already got my vaccine. Don't need to worry about the pandemic anymore. Like, um, you know, I I've had sponsees who have never been sponsored in any way, except for during a pandemic. Right. And, and their experience has only been over a zoom call. And, and guess what? This might be 
I might be about to like get kicked out of this meeting. I may just lose my AA card. They might come and pick up my coin later. I'm going to tell you right now, I have them make um, amends over zoom. You know, that to me, that's direct enough, you know? Uh, and, and as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to have them continue to do that. If the person, if they don't have the means to get to somebody, I'm going to have them get there. So, you know, um, we're talking about how to do the steps over zoom. And my answer is to that. Like I could, we could base Don and I could basically wrap this in about one more minute. We used to be like, just do the steps, but over zoom. <laughs> Yes. Well, that's it. That's the only, like the only difference is that we're doing it like this instead of at the, you know, meet me down at the Duncan. We'll grab a small black and we'll bust through this book together. Instead of that, we're just, we're literally just doing it, you know, like this. Um, and, uh, so there's really no difference. So because, so now that we have that, Don, do you agree with that? Absolutely. Like I have sponsored probably more people over zoom, uh, than I did before the whole zoom thing. Right. And nothing about it has changed. The only difference is I don't get to hold her hand when we say the third step prayer, because we're not sitting in the same room because, you know, I'm kind of weird like that. And I like to hold hands. Um, but, uh, everything else is the same. The directions are the same. The book is the same. Wh why would anything be any different? That's kind of the way I look at it. That's awesome. Don, when you, when you get through the eight step list, you're sitting there with your sponsee or through the eight step list. Um, do you have your sponsees writing letters or writing a script per se before they're going to go make an amends? Or are they just going in with their info, like in their head? I have, my sponsor had me write it out. So I have them write it out. Um, that in my experience, if I don't do that, I'm going to fuck it up. And then I'm going to have to go owe an amends for fucking up the amends. And that, that's the last thing that I want to do. And I want any of my girls to do. And, you know, don't get me wrong. You don't have to like read it line for line, but you have to have an, I like, I have to have an idea of what I need to say. Right. And, you know, I was told like, let these people know that it's important that you get this right. And that's why you're going to kind of read this to them. That's why you have this paper. It doesn't take from the genuineness of what I'm trying to say, but um, I need to make sure that I get this right because it's really important for me and for you, for me to, to get it right. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree with you hundred percent. I think uh, something we need to recognize is that we're not robots. And at this point, if I'm, you know, Joe is already talking about like, we're trying to get these people through the work quickly. I, you know, I think I forget sometimes sitting here, how kind of sh shaky I was like week two, <laughs> you know, like that shit, I wasn't necessarily feeling super good. So the idea that I'm going to be able to remember all the exact points I need to hit just by memory is probably not a great idea. Um, I may not be super connected yet. Like, uh, I, I actually think, uh, give you one of my favorite lines, you know, the sound of Alcoholics Anonymous is not the clapping in the meeting when you get your 30 day chip, you know, the sound of Alcoholics Anonymous is the, uh, yeah, I'm here to pay the money back. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm here to take responsibility for who I, that, you know, so much of my relationship with God was built through this step. Right. So I didn't necessarily walk in. I was given direction to connect with God. But even at, th at this time, it was very foreign to me, the idea of connecting with something outside of myself, you know. And so having that piece of paper that a, a recovered person had looked at with me and we had written together, um, walking into that amends was super helpful, you know. And 
I think uh, on page 77, it gives some really incredible direction as to what that paper might say, you know? Um, and uh, one of the things it says, it says, uh, we go to him in a helpful and forgiving spirit, confessing our formal ill feeling and expressing our regret. You know, that's an incredible line, you know? And uh, the other thing is that it, in the next set paragraph, it talks about how we're not there to criticize or argue with the person, you know, and Don said it, you don't want to have to make an amends for making a shitty amends. I've actually done it. It's, I don't recommend it like, but you know, if you do it, just make the next amends. I guess it's all good. It's not a big deal, but maybe don't do it is a better. Um, but what I found is, is that if I'm not, if I haven't prepared my sponsee for this part of it, which is, okay, read the letter. That's good. Read the letter. And now most letters that I've heard and something like along the lines of, uh, okay, now like, Hey, if I've left anything off or I want to give you an opportunity to respond to my letter. Right. And if we're not prepared to hear, well, you piece of shit, I actually think that you didn't mention this, this, and this, and also, um, no, I don't accept your amends. If we're not ready to hear that back, right? We might, blood pressure might start to rise up, right? And we might say something. Don, you ever had that experience? You ever had somebody push back on you? Um, when I made my amends to my mom, she was like, uh, yeah, you forgot this and this. And the worst thing out of all of it was this. And I was just like, heart into a thousand pieces. Right. And, um, it was told to me, like, you've got to let go of the outcome, right? It's not about getting their forgiveness because they may or may not give it right. Our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. Right. And the best way I can do that is to clear up my side of the street and obviously learn, uh, how God would have me to show up instead. Right. Um, and it, it does like it, it's hard for someone to say, no, I don't want to see you or, uh, for them to tell me what a piece of shit I am. Cause yeah, it has happened. Um, but it is part of what we have to do. And I balked at this step. I have sponsees balk at this step, you know, and, uh, we can find reasons why we're unique and why we shouldn't have to do this and why today is not the right day and why I should try to postpone this. And, you know, uh, I don't really think I should have to tell them that I'm an alcoholic. Like none of that really makes sense, but that's what the instructions tell me to do. Right. And so at the end of the day, what was told to me was how free do you want to be? Right. Um, I'm going to tell you what the book tells you to do. <laughs> That's, it's not what I'm telling you to do. It's what the book tells you to do. And you have the option to go do it or not, right? You can, you can do with it what you want. I'm going to stay sober. So you do with it what you want. You may or may not stay sober if you don't do this, right? Like, and that, the choice is up to you. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I, you know how free I want to be? I want to be free enough to walk down the grocery aisle of any grocery store in America and not worry about who's in the next aisle, <laughs> yes. right? This is the grocery store aisle. Dave, don't worry. I'm not stepping on your analogy. This is the grocery store aisle step. You know, this is the, if you spot, well, who do I put on my list? Okay. Imagine a grocery store filled with everyone in the world. Who's in the, the frozen section and you're avoiding the frozen food section. If that person that put them on the fucking list, you know, that's who's on your list right there. Um, so uh, Don, what other, you know, if we're, again, we're focused on clear cut directions, 
We got people in here who are newer at sponsoring. They're terrified. They don't, they don't want to screw these people up more than they already are. What do we, what are the directions we're giving them when they're writing the letters? Uh, the directions we give them when we're writing the letters. Um, well, first and foremost, we know what our wrongs are because we talked about that in your fifth step, right? So you should know where you were wrong and what you uh, are going to say to them, right? I was wrong for, not I am sorry for. Because here's the deal. Before I came into Alcoholics Anonymous, I said I'm sorry a lot, but it never meant anything because I would go do the same shit the next day, right? And so I had to learn how to make an amends. And it's essentially, I was wrong for, and then fill in the blanks with all the selfish shit that I did to these people, right? Um, and the book tells us our our manner should be calm, frank, open, direct. It uses these sort of words, right? So it tells us exactly what it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be a 10-page dissertation about myself, right? It was straight up, I was wrong for X, Y, and Z. You know, I realize I should have done X, Y, and Z instead. And is there, you know, like you said, those same questions or this, the same questions I was told to ask. Is there anything I left out? Anything you can give me a better perspective on or anything else you want to add, right? And then what can I do to make it right? You know, it's, it's very cut and dry in my opinion. Yeah, fantastic. I think um, as a sponsor, you know, when you when I'm sending my sponsees off to write those letters and I'm having them come back and, and we're going to go over them together, what I'm looking for is making sure we're not drifting to steal from another part of the book, you know, making sure we're not drifting into morbid reflection, right? I don't need to be there and list off necessarily every detail. And, and the book kind of talks about that a little bit, um, you know, and, and also um, I, I personally like to stay away from um, talking about how I made them feel because I feel yep. like you're just teeing up an opportunity for them to be like, you don't make me feel any certain way. Like just why give them the opportunity? Like, let's just talk about our stuff. Like, let's keep it on my side of the street. Like, this is what I did. How it affected you is completely out of my hands. I don't, you know, I don't know how necessarily that affected you, but um, I do think it's important that we, um, as, as a sponsor, I think it's important for me to go over this stuff with a sponsee, make sure that, um, um, this is my sponsor. I love this line. He, you know, I don't want to send out, uh, an unguided amends missile. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be sending people out in the world, just shooting off. Like, and, and if you don't know what an unguided amends missile is, it's the person who's sitting in the meeting, who's never worked a step, who scans it goes, Oh, I can do that one. Then goes home after the meeting goes, honey, uh, real sorry for all that shit I did all the time. Cool. Be at, be at the meeting tomorrow, man, this shit's working great. <laughs> you know, like, um, there is a process here. And what I've experienced is, is that if you can keep the words, this is my personal opinion. May this is in a book. Um, where's Laura? That's not in the book. Um, so, you know, if I can keep the words, I'm sorry off of this letter and stick with things like, you know, I'm here to take responsibility for, uh, it was wrong of me to, you know, that language, because my experience is when you walk into these things and you, again, just tee this up for them and you say, I'm sorry, my, I've literally heard back. Yeah, you are. You're, you are a fucking sorry piece of shit. Absolutely. Like why, why put them in the position to, to have that? So, um, Christian, I'm sorry to interrupt. Can you please repeat those two synonyms for I'm that are not, I'm sorry, but are sort of similar to I'm sorry. So that, oh, sure. Them. 
Yeah. So <laughs> you got it, Joe. I said, uh, um, I'm here to take responsibility for that one. I think is like super powerful. How, when, before your sobriety, when did you ever say that mom, I'm here to take responsibility for the son that I was in your life or, or not for the lack of a son that I was in your life. Right. I'm here to take responsibility for the type of husband, friend, brother, whatever, you know, that's a powerful statement, you know? And then, um, it was wrong of me. It was, I was wrong. Right. I was so in pre in prior in sobriety before sobriety, I was so quick to be like, not only am I going to say, I'm sorry, you better accept it like that. You better, you better feed me back the thing I need to, to hold me up. Right. Which is your acceptance of, of forgiveness of me you know, cause I'm drowning over here. Right. And, uh, and when I didn't get that back, so when I do this thing and I'm not doing it, I'm not doing this thing to build a relationship with the other person. This is not my relationship anymore. This God's relationship. Now God decides whether or not this person is in my life. I do not decide that. I am simply there to honor the relationship I have with God and to clear up this relationship as best I can. If God deems that this person should be in my life, they will be, you know? And uh, so, yeah, as I, as I was saying, I don't want to keep, okay, Don, we got like four minutes. So I'm going to let you talk for three of them. If you want. Cool. Um, the one thing I would say, and again, we're talking about, you know, how do we do this in a pandemic, right? How do we do this? We, again, we do it the same way, right? We pick up the phone and we call these people and we say, hey, I need to make an amends to you. This is something that's important for me to do in order to stay sober. When can I meet with you if we're making this direct face-to-face, -face, right? When can I meet with you on Zoom? When can we, you know what I mean? Like we set the time to do this. We let them know what we're doing. And the book tells us to do that, right? Simply we tell them that we will never get over drinking until we have done our utmost to straighten out the past. Because guess what? People can say, girl, don't worry about it. We good. You know, it's like, no, I have to do this. I don't get to be let off the hook because I didn't tell them why I needed to do this, right? It's not manipulation. It is simply what the book tells me to do, right? It's a clear cut direction. Um, and, you know, I used to be a stickler for, you know, doing things the way the book says it, pen and paper, don't doing things on computer. It, I'm sitting down with them face to face or I'm writing them a letter, you know, just like it says in the book. But at the end of the day, like we do have limitations and it does not get to be a reason for postponement. There are valid reasons for postponement, but the pandemic is not one of them, right? Because who knows how much time I have to be restless, irritable, and discontented before I go pick up another drink to, to be the solution for that. Right. Um, so I can't say, Oh, sorry, I can't do any of my amends because I need to, I can't be within six feet of people. Right. Um, it's a life or death matter. Right. It's like saying, um, you know what, you've got cancer, but because of the pandemic, we're going to just delay your treatment until it's over. Well, you might die. Same thing with alcoholism. You might die if you don't do this, right? If you're a real alcoholic, if you're not, then congratulations, you, you'll be fine. Um, but if you're a real alcoholic, like this is what is going to open up that channel to be connected to the power that is going to solve your problem, right? And so uh, if, I, um, if I believe that I'm a real alcoholic, then I have no other option but to do this, right? Because if I'm bulking at step nine, it's not a step nine problem. It's a step one problem, 
I don't believe I'm an alcoholic. So if I'm blocking at any step, I just don't believe I'm an alcoholic. I think I'm somehow unique and I'm going to not have to do all these things that you guys have to do because I'm not a loser like you. Right. But the reality is that I, I have this illness. And if I don't, if I don't do this, then I'm never going to recover from the disease of alcoholism. Um, so, you know, it was basically told to me, you, you, we've, we've reviewed these amends. You're ready to go. You go, you go make them happen. Right. My sponsor didn't d dictate when I did them, how I did them, any of that. Right. Just other than these are going to be as direct as direct can be. And there were very few that she said that, um, I got to get, get away with not doing, um, because like I've caused harm and I need to go fix it. And usually if I think it's going to cause harm, I think it's going to cause harm to me, not to other people. And that's why I want to try to get out of it. Um, so, uh, you know, if you have amends that you're sitting on, go get them done because you know, if you don't like what, what is the other option? Right. Yeah. That was awesome. You know, the thing is, is that, um, when we, I'm going to like back out of eight and nine for just like a quick second here. And, you know, if, if in this meeting, if in this workshop, you know, if at any time you felt like that something that you've heard is confusing, then, then whoever it is, whether it's me or anybody else, like we're not, then we're not doing a great job because the, the steps, the, the stuff that's laid out in the book is simple. You know, um, everything that we're doing, everything we're talking about is simple. I've, I forget that it, I take for granted how well I know this stuff. Uh, I was actually, I was talking to somebody last night who has listened to something who's, they're not in AA and they've listened to whatever. I'm just, they listen to a podcast. Okay. That's all, whatever. So, but they're not in AA and they were like, you know, what blows me away is like, he's like, I can get the concepts. He goes, what blows me away is it'll be like, is like the, the three or four people that will be talking. Somebody will be like, yeah, that's like um, that second paragraph on page 25. And everybody will be like, oh yeah. And then they'll just, he's like, how do you guys, you know, how do you guys just know that stuff? So like, I recognize that from where I sit or from where Don sits, like how many times have we sat through this part of the book with somebody else, you know, a lot less than I sat through Bill's story. If you know what I mean? Um, most people don't make it here. That's what I'm saying. Um, and so, uh, you know, this stuff, if you're new, okay. If you're not having, I feel like I'm just like, just talking. I feel like I sound like Brian or Clay right now. I was like, um, if you're not having this experience that we're having, um, if you, you know, if you're not experiencing these things, if you're not experiencing the obvious joy and love that is emanating from every single person who has spoken today, like, um, everything is available to you. Right. And whether there's a pandemic going on or not, a good friend of mine. Um, and I talk about this regularly, uh, potentially greatest year of my life the last 12 months, you know, and I, I certainly know it's true for him as well. So, you know, this is really, um, this really has so little to do with the pandemic. We were just using this as an excuse, uh, to have a workshop to be completely honest. Um, because this shit is going to be good in a year from now when we're all back to our, to our regular stuff. Um, you know, this is, um, Okay. I mean, I wasn't sure, but I'm going to, we got eight more minutes done. I'm, we're going to run this right to the ground. Here's the thing. I love this and I love this. I'm going to, I'm going to say, okay, if you're new and, um, you walk into Alcoholics Anonymous right now, it's very confusing. That's just, 
the fact. Okay. It would be much like, here it comes. It would be much like walking in um, to a yoga studio with a Peloton bike, right? And wheeling the Peloton bike off into the corner and just start riding. And then somebody comes up to you and they're like, Hey, what are you doing? You'd be like yoga. No, that's a Peloton bike. Yeah, but I'm in the yoga studio. So it's okay. And, uh, and then them being like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt. You know, they paid the dues. I don't want to kick them out. So just going to let them do it. Right. And that analogy is funny. Um, until you fast forward. Right. So that let's just pretend that's AA 1952. Um, but we're going to fast forward, right? 50 years. And what do we walk into today? We walk into a yoga studio where you have uh, people over on this side are doing, Don, don't be offended. CrossFit. They're doing CrossFit over here. We have people over here that are riding Peloton bikes. We have people using bands. I don't even, what else? Pilates. I don't know. I'm not a workout fanatic. You get it. Fill in the blanks. Okay. And as I walk in, I'm going, uh, well, that group seems cool. I, maybe I'll try that. You know, it's like, and everybody is telling you that what they're doing is yoga, right? Everybody is doing yoga, but they're not doing yoga. And again, it's a, it's a funny analogy. That's a good one. Okay. Now a guy with a serious back injury goes to his doctor and the doctor's like, you need easy exercise. Something like, oh, I don't know, fucking yoga. <laughs> doctor hasn't been to a yoga studio. He's going to be doing yoga. Okay. So he sends you to the, to the yoga studio and you walk in, right? Bunch of people riding Peloton bikes, bunch of people over here doing CrossFit. These guys are powerlifting, right? There's some weirdos in the back. Okay. That are like on mats and they're like saying weird shit like namaste or whatever, but they seem lame and everyone just says they're yoga thumpers. Don't they're weird. So you hang out with the power lifters cause they're tatted up and cool and look how big they are. And what do you do after a week? You find yourself in more pain than when you originally got there, but you're doing everything. The power lifters are telling you to do right under the guise of yoga. Okay. You're walking in today in 2021 to an alcoholics anonymous that is fractured in the exact same way. And I am here to tell you that every single person who is speaking in this meeting is doing yoga. Okay. And this is the work that will get you to the result that you want. This is what will get you there. Um, it is not 90 meetings in 90 days. It is not one day at a time. Okay. It is actively getting involved in this work very rapidly. There's absolutely no reason you cannot be making amends to people like literally in two or three weeks after you get started. And Don just said it. If you're sitting there at two weeks and you're not willing to do it, we don't have a ninth step or an eight step problem. Okay. We don't have a problem at all to be completely fair. Okay. There is no problem here, but the thing that is standing in your way is you have not accepted fully that you're a real alcoholic and that's cool. Because in the book, it says we have tried every imaginable remedy. So who am I to tell you that the, your imagination sucks? You know, you are only limited to your imagination. So I'm sorry for going on a slight tirade, but Don and I fucking crushed it. And we had an extra five minutes. <laughs> so Don, now I'm going to tell you, you have three more minutes. If you have anything else you want to say. 
Yeah, I actually use your analogy all the time. And I spend most of my sponsoring time undoing the CrossFitters and the Powerlifters and the Peloton bikers in the yoga studio, right? Most of the women that I sponsor have time in the program and they are totally confused about why they're not feeling these things that I talk about that I'm feeling. And they want to know why they're not getting it. And um, it, it is, it gets very frustrating to hear things in a meeting and be like, what was that? Like, that's not anywhere in the book, right? And um, the reality is the program is really simple. It's not always easy because, again, I don't want to do any of this, right? But it's very simple, okay? I understand my problem. I understand my solution, I decide that I'm going to work some steps that are going to connect me to the power that's going to relieve my powerlessness, <laughs> right? Like I've got to understand that I'm powerless to seek the power, right? And if I realize that the only way to get the power is through these steps, then I do the steps. Like it's pretty simple, right? But it's not easy because I don't want to do any of this stuff. Um, but when I do that, like my experience was the ninth set was the first time I really felt God because I can plan some elaborate things and I can imagine how these step, uh, how these men's are going to go and nothing like that ever came true. Right. Good or bad. However, I imagine them, they were probably exactly the opposite. And that was the first time I was like, okay, I really feel that God is doing for me what I can't do for myself. Cause I can imagine these people just ripping me to shreds. Um, and you know, that really only happened one time. So, um, nine times out of 10, the book says we're amazed with the results. Right. And through working these steps, I experienced God because, you know, I experienced God doing this for me in the immense process. And now I'm like, Oh, okay. Now is when I come to believe that that power greater than myself can restore me to sanity because I didn't, when I was at step two, I didn't truly believe that now I do because I've done some of this work and I start to feel it. And then this sets me up for 10, 11 and 12 to have this clear channel to this power that is within me. It's not me, but it is within me. And through that, um, I have these three steps that draw me closer to God and keeps that channel clear. So I can keep hearing the direction from God and getting the power from God. And I can move through my life, living these principles based on the things that I'm learning about myself and the guidance that I'm getting from God and how I should show up in the world. Now, again, it's pretty simple, but you know, it's not, it's not always easy. And, um, that's why so many of us die from this disease. Awesome. Don from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. That was incredible. Thank um, you. And uh, to everybody who's, who's on the panel, everybody who's here, fantastic. Everybody on this panel, everybody's helping. A bunch of people who aren't who I know in this meeting. There's a line on 83. The spiritual life is not a theory. And here's the thing. The people in this meeting who are like bobbleheads, who you see, who are bobbleheading this whole meeting, who are just doing this, it is because they are living it. So if you are not feeling that way, get with whoever it is that you're supposed to get with and get connected with a sponsor and let us get you through this work so you can have this experience too. That's all I got. Don, thank you. Thank you, Christian. Thank you both. I know that there are a ton of people with specific questions about what we just got said. Like there's just no way, right? You're sitting with questions and you're like, I'm not going to ask those questions because I don't want anyone to know that I have them. Now is the time to message those to Kat or to me. Um, and we're going to go now to Aiden and Diego to do 10 and 11. Thank you, Joe. Uh, my name is Aiden. I'm a recovered alcoholic coming from Indianapolis. Diego, do you want to introduce yourself as well? 
Hi, uh, good, good afternoon. I'm Diego, I'm, and I am also a recovered alcoholic. I'm glad to be here. Thanks, Aidan, for inviting me to, to share this uh, sharing <laughs> with you. And uh, super psyched. Yeah. Well, uh, so Diego and I are going to do the exact opposite of what Christian and Don just did. Theirs was conversational and amazing. We're separating ours. I'll be talking on step 10, and then Diego's going to talk on step 11. But I think it's important to point out that uh, steps 10 and 11 work in conjunction. Really, steps 10, 11, and 12 all work in conjunction with each other. So a lot of times we break up these steps into individual aspects or something like that. What Really, what we're getting into here was steps 10, 11, and 12 are the daily maintenance practice stuff or the daily growth, if you want to be a dick about it or whatever. But we're going to uh, tie in all of these together. So I'll be uh, speaking on step 10. Diego's going to pick up on 11, and we'll all talk about 12. But in my mind, um, there's, a, there's a, an obvious break here. And this is the experience that I had, is that I had gone through the uh, first nine steps, you know, rapidly, quickly. Um, I'm a chronic relapser. I, I relapsed for eight straight years in my life, previous to getting into the literature, getting into the book, and getting into the steps. I could not stay sober. I tried all imaginable remedies and ways in which to stay sober, and I just couldn't do it. I got decimated by alcohol, and eventually I was led to a sponsor that showed me how to do this work. So we got into step one. I, I completely um, understood you know, what step one in powerlessness meant in my life. I, I came to believe, or I, I said I was willing to believe a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. I said the third step prayer and made the commitment. I did four and five which, uh, you know, illuminated all of those defects of character and things in my life that were blocking me from a relationship with the higher power. Uh, I said six and seven, you know, I understood I could not manage my life effectively uh, into my own satisfaction and happiness. So I prayed for these character defects to be removed. I was cast out to do these amends and I immediately did them immediately. Uh, and the result of that was I had an undeniable spiritual experience in my life. I don't know what anyone else had, but uh, mine was an undeniable spiritual experience that catapulted me into a place that I didn't know existed, this fourth dimension of existence. I mean, I had this peace, this joy, this contentment, this, this un unimaginable happiness that I felt for really the first time in my life because I was always so bogged down by this restless, irritable, and discontented state that I always lived in. So I had this immense spiritual experience, and I lived on cloud nine for about six months. And what happened was, uh, over time, self returned. I had self come back into my life, hence the importance of a step 10. Step 10 was the turning point in my sobriety. Now, I had, like I said, I was a, a chronic relapser, so I was, I was not new to the steps. I'd been, you know, kind of in my own way, in my own fashion, going about the steps in AA for about seven years previous. So I'd written an inventory before I had done amends, um, a couple um, but step 10 was absolutely, um, there was no step 10. There just absolutely wasn't a step 10. I sponsor a lot of chronic relapsers and inevitably what I find when I'm working with guys that have relapsed a lot is that we can pinpoint usually issues, uh, obviously in steps one and two, but step 10 just is non-existent. And until I was shown how to actively work a step 10 in my life, did I find, um, that deep, effective experience 
the maintenance of that. And the only way that I know how to do that is the specific directions in the book. And I, f I love the step 10 and 11 and 12 because they're the most specific in the directions. Like the, previous to uh, this stuff, we're dealing with a lot of principles and ideas and new information for a lot of us. I think a lot of us come in here and I was sort of the anti-God type as well that had no real understanding of God. Previously, I never was, I wasn't a religious person. It was completely new information to me. It was like learning another language. So I'm learning this new language in the first nine steps. It's kind of like learning how to speak Chinese where it feels weird. You're, you're not sure if you're doing it right. You're kind of glossing over this stuff and you're, you're just kind of trusting the process and a sponsor and showing you how to do that. We get this understanding after the spiritual experience, but we have to maintain that. And step 10 is really the thing that showed me how to do that on a daily basis and practically in my own life through the directions. So let's look at the directions and see what it has to say. This thought brings us to step 10, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. So what thought? The thought of the ninth step. So as we're doing the ninth step, we're implementing step 10. We're doing step 10 as we go out to make these amends. How were we shown how to take personal inventory? We were shown how to take personal inventory in four and five. So we're going to continue to do that. We vigorously commence this way of living. So previous to doing this, my attitude towards a 10th step was like kind of when I wanted to. Or if, you know, you kind of screw up in your day or whatever, you kind of you know, make an apology or you go, oh, that was a little selfish. Um, it's saying vigorous. We are vigorously going to do this thing. You know, you can't really find a way around vigorous. It's, it's a pretty specific uh, adjective. There. Um, we vigorously commence the way, uh, this way of living as we cleaned up the past. We have entered the world of the spirit. So previous to this, as a result of the first nine steps, we enter the world of the spirit. We are no longer blocked off from that relationship with the higher power. It was cast out as a result of, of uh, inventory, praying for the character defects to be removed and making amends. We enter the world of the spirit. We must continue. So our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. Where do we find out about these originally? We found out about them when we did a fourth and a fifth step. So we continue to watch for this stuff. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately. We make amends quickly if we've harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to somebody we can help. These are the specific clear-cut directions in the book that show us how to do a 10th step. Now, um, it's crazy because it's what? Three sentences, four sentences there, but those are in my experience, some of the, the four most uh, important directions in the big book. Um, so it says we continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear when these crop up. So that doesn't say, you know, we do these at the end of the night. I think it was a big thing uh, in, in the area of in the country that I live that the 10th step is people think it's the 11th step or something that we do these in the evening. It says when these crop up. So that means at 8 a.m., if I just finish my 11th step, I get to traffic and then I get all selfed up. I'm going to go back to these directions and do this stuff. 
that I'm implementing this stuff on this on a daily basis when it crops up. If that's 8 a.m., if that's the lunch, if that's at 2 p.m., if that's at 6 p.m., if that's at all those times, I'm going to follow this thing. So the way I like to express it or um, talk about it with a sponsee, it's like I'm a car with bad alignment. You know, I'm driving along. I don't know if anyone has a car with bad alignment where it's like you always have to readjust the wheel to get back on the road because you're constantly veering. That's what happens is that we're on this new path towards God, yet self gets involved and it takes me off of the path. And what the 10 step does is it brings me back on the path, the path of God and effectiveness and working with others. So as I'm going through my day, I get off the path. What takes me off the path? Selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. I write inventory. Um, I, pray for, I pray for it to be removed. I talk about it with somebody immediately. I make amends quickly if I've harmed anyone. And then I resolutely turn my thoughts to somebody I can help. In that order, I do it and I get back on the path of God. And I get back on the path of effectiveness and helping other people and living my life. So it's, it's that I'm going to be doing this stuff um, on a daily basis. Uh, we just, uh, so here's the, the specific directions. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. What's that sound like? Step six and seven. We discuss them with someone immediately. Um, step eight and nine, or I'm sorry, step five. Um, we discuss them with somebody. We make amends quickly. If we've harmed anyone, step nine, then we resolutely talk turn our thoughts to somebody we can help. Step 12. It's the implementation of all the steps in my life on a daily basis. So I, uh, I had this experience, this uh, spiritual experience, and then self-returned. And I wasn't exactly sure what happened. You know, I wasn't exactly sure because I was six months sober. I was down the line a little bit. And uh, I, I started to feel that restless, irritable, and discontented feeling again. And I went to my sponsor and said, you know, what's going on with me? You know, I don't feel like that, that feeling that I had six months ago when I was on cloud nine. And then step 10 got implemented in my life. And that's just my experience. Um, it goes in next into these 10 step promises. And really, I think the 10 step promises are, are, are vastly more powerful um, for the newcomer, at least than the ninth step promises. We read the ninth step promises in every meeting, but then it goes into this. And we have ceased fighting anything or anyone. That makes me think of uh, the second delusion, the delusion that we could wrest satisfaction and happiness out of the world if we only managed well. That's the delusion that we come in with, and that's the one that has to be smashed, you know. And as a result of the tenth, uh, coming up to the tenth step, that's what happened. It gets smashed as a result of the steps. Even alcohol, for by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as if from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We'll see that our new added towards liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. I mean, that's like so powerful because what I was doing previously was trying everything within my willpower to make that happen for me. I was trying everything that I could to get to a place of neutrality, to get to a place where I didn't think about alcohol, to get to a place where I, uh, uh, alcohol wasn't my issue. But what it's saying is it's a byproduct 
So it's just been given to us. As a result of working to the 10th step, those steps one through 10, I get to a place of neutrality. I get to the place where alcohol is no longer my problem. I get to a place of presence in my life and it is, it's just been given to me. It just comes. This is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it. Neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we've been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. That is our experience. This is how we react so long as we keep in uh, fit spiritual condition. Now, what that does is it debunks about 90% of the shit we hear in meetings. You know, because I think 90% of what we hear in Alcoholics Anonymous and a lot of the mainstream Alcoholics Anonymous we, we listen to is like how we can avoid triggers. How can I manage my life effectively so that I don't ever think about alcohol? We need to change our people, places, and things. We need to not go to the barbershop if we don't want a haircut. We need to do, you know, fill in the blank. We need to read these other spiritual literatures. You really need to get into living sober. I mean, if you haven't cracked living sober yet, you're not living. You know, we need to do all of this other stuff that doesn't pertain to it. What happens is I do the steps, I get a spiritual experience, and alcohol is removed from my life. And I don't have to do anything other than work the 12 steps. That's it. You know, it's this beautiful stuff that happens. It is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels, but we are headed for trouble if we do. For alcohol is a subtle foe. Uh, like I said, I'm, I was a chronic relapser for years and, um, I didn't, you know, there was a lot of issues, but one of them is that, uh, I didn't know what like resting on my laurels meant. You know, I thought resting on my laurels was like, you know, not doing a 90 and 90 or, or, you know, not being rigorously honest with my sponsor or something, but resting for laurel, uh, on my laurels today is just resting in self, letting self drive the car instead of allowing God to do it for me. And the way that we do that are those same suggestions and, and directions on the, the, that chapter or um, right here, continue to watch for selfish dishonesty, resentment, and fear, and following through with that. Um, we are not cured of alcoholism. What we have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. How can I best serve thee, thy will, not mine, be done? It's an amazingly important thing. And it's something that I imply, uh, apply in my life daily. It's like, all right, thy will be done. Thy will, not mine, be done. Um, these are the thoughts which must, with, that must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along these lines all we wish. It is the proper use of the will. How can I be helpful to other people? How can I focus my intentions on others instead of self? Much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power. If we have carefully followed his directions, we have begun to sense the, uh, the flow of his spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God-conscious. We have begun to develop this vital sixth sense, but we must go further. That means more action. Leading up to step 11. Um, step 11, I'm going to let Diego do his thing on that, but really there is no break for me between steps 10 and 11. And the way I explain it to a sponsee, I get up with 11 and upon awakening, I do the directions in that. Throughout my day, I'm applying step 10, redirecting myself to back, uh, back to God and to helping other people. And then I book in my evening with step 11, retiring at night. 
That way we're not losing sight of the, the purpose of what we're doing, which is the attempt to be helpful, useful to other people and have this relationship with God. And when those two are applied, I find myself to be effective in my life. I find myself to be other-centered and God-conscious. I find my, my attention moves towards the help that I can provide other people rather than what I can receive from my own selfish ends. And then uh, I become a much more efficient and helpful sponsor. So I'm going to let Diego take it away and give us uh, what he's got on step 11. Hi, everybody. I already presented myself. Well, I'm Diego. I'm a recovered alcoholic. Uh, I'm from Mexico, in case you know someone in the area. Um, just uh, to be clear, I, I was having some trouble with the internet, so I also logged in through my cell phone in case uh, uh, there's like uh, trouble with the with the signal. Please uh, just make a signal so I can I, I can look to the other camera. <laughs> then. Uh, well, um, and thanks, Aidan, for inviting me to talk about the 11th step with you. Uh, I, ho I hope this, uh, it helps anyone when they get at this stage when working with others, especially. Um, so the 11th step, um, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Um, I have a, a, a few general opinions about this step. Uh, I think this step is not for me to feel relief. It's for me to, in order to be of service uh, or at least immediate relief. Uh, I think it's meant to do, um, I, I think for me it's meant to do it every day and every night and every morning. Uh, if I'm uh, not practicing steps 9, 10, uh, uh, 11, and, uh, there, there's no point. And if I'm not uh, painstaking about the ninth phase of my development or the ninth step, there is also no point in expecting any, any results. Uh, I'm going to go straight to the, to the big book. And page, I'm going to take over where, where Aiden finished. I think there's like the transition from 10 to 11 step. Uh, and it goes like this. Uh, much has already been said about, um, about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power. So who has all the knowledge is not my sponsor. God has it. Uh, so... Uh, if we have carefully followed directions, we have begun to sense the flow of His Spirit into us. To some extent, we have begun to sense the flow of His Spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God-conscious. Sorry, I skipped the line. Um, we have begun to develop uh, these vital six sense. So, this six sense or new connection is is vital. No, it's not a good idea. It's it's vital. Uh, but we must go further. So at this point, we already have a connection. We are unblocked, but if we stay there, uh, we might die. Remember, uh, they use the word vital. The, the big book says, uh, but we must go, go further, further, and that means more action. So it doesn't say that I have to feel like it or feel inspired in order to seek this strength. 
or this inspiration or direction. I must force, I think I must force myself if I have to, in order uh, to, do the, to do the action. I continue reading. Step 11 suggests prayer and meditation. We shouldn't be shy on this matter of prayer. Better men than we are using it constantly. I believe this can be the reason of why they are suggesting it. Not because they invented the praying and meditating techniques, but because people all around the world with more progress are using them. Then the book says, uh, it works if we have the proper attitude and work at it. It would be easy to be vague about this matter. Yet we believe we can make some definite and valuable suggestions. So here's the, the thing. I am going to follow the definite and valuable suggestions Or am I going to try to substitute these valuable suggestions with my own techniques? That includes my early morning AA meeting or reading the Bible or my yoga class. Then I'm going to continue reading. Uh, when, we, when we retire at night, I'm sorry, when we retire at night, so what nights? I, I, I think it's every night as long as I'm still alive. Uh, we constructively review our day. Were we resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid? Afraid? Do we owe an apology? Uh, I, I think compensating is not apologizing. Uh, like, I offended my wife in the morning and I got her flowers. Okay, that's not apologizing. Being a better husband is part of practicing these principles in all my matters. I believe I have to go and make amends. And then if I want to get her flowers, that's great. Then uh, have we kept something to ourselves which should be discussed with, other person, uh, with another person at once? Uh, the discussing thing with another person thing, uh, can be a tricky one. Uh, I believe discussing can be from making a pause and call a friend. That friend can be a therapist, an AA friend, even your sponsor, to discuss it, to discuss the matter, uh, not to fight it. Or also um, discuss it, or not to fight it with the person related to the to the, directly to the to the event. Then uh, where we it, it asks more, it, it makes me uh, to ask myself some more questions. Uh, were we kind and loving toward to, towards all? Uh, what could have we done better? Uh, so the standard is pretty high. I must be kind and loving to all, not to some. Then, uh, were we thinking of ourselves most of the time, or were we thinking of what we could do for others, of what we could pack into the stream of life? So uh, we all do good things every day, good things meaning packing to the stream of life, not avoiding like the parent-teacher meeting in order to go get a massage and treat myself. So. Uh, I think we must be, um, I'm going to continue reading. Uh, it says, but we must be careful not to drift into worry, remorse, or morbid reflection, for that would diminish our usefulness to others. After making a review, we ask God's forgiveness and inquire what corrective measures should be taken. So that's self-explanatory. Uh, even if I do wrongs, I can still be of service to others. That's why this step is not meant for me only to feel immediate relief. That's a byproduct. This step is meant for me to, to it's, it's, it's meant to make me, to make me useful. Then on awakening, 
Uh, I think here it, 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 it's talking about like, if I woke up that morning, I must follow these directions every time I wake up. And it continues. Uh, one of my least favorite AA fellowship slogans, one day at a time or the 24 hour plan, uh, commonly misunderstood by thinking that it means just don't drink for today. Maybe they make sense at this point, at step 11, not at step one. How it makes sense for me, it gives me direction of planning the next 24 hours. So I'm going to continue reading. We consider our plans for the day. Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. So um, it says, under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance. For after all, God gave us brains to use. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is clear of wrong motives. Then, as long as my thinking is clear of wrong motives, I can be confident in, in my own thoughts. And also, here is telling me exactly what to do first thing when I wake up. Uh, okay, but like, I like, uh, I feel like every morning I open my eyes and then do some breathing, then Pilates, and then my A meeting, and then I'm ready to follow the directions from the big book. Okay, I'm not planning on fighting over this, but that's at your own risk. But it, but it is a, a, a risk. Then it says, uh, in thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which, which course to take. Uh, here, we ask God for inspiration and intuitive thought or a decision. Once again, if my inspiration tells me to ask a friend for help, and that friend is a member of AA or my sponsor, that's okay. Just the direction is not uh, is to um, to ask God first, not my sponsor. My reliance is on God, not on not on people. Then it says uh, we relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. So not all the answers must come to me immediately. Not all the relief must come to me immediately. The direction is to take it easy, and the right answer is going to show up at some point, but not when I want it. But if you feel like you received a direct answer, that's also okay. I'm not here to evaluate your relationship with God. We are often surprised how the right answers come after we have tried this for a while. What used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Being still inexperienced and having just made conscious contact with God it is, not it is not probable that we are going to be inspired at all times. We might pay for this presumption in all sorts of absurd actions and ideas. Uh, so long story short, we are still going to mess up and do wrongs, sometimes believing that we were being guided by God himself. But contrary to our previous way of life, now we correct our wrongs. Uh, nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration. We come to rely upon it. Uh, so contrary to the myth that we are never going to be able to rely on our own thinking, this, uh, I love this sentence because it's so self-explanatory. Then, uh, we usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that we be shown all through the day what our next step is to be that we be given whatever we need to take uh, care of such, of, of such problems. So here is where I can begin to squeeze in all that extra stuff, Psalms, Buddhism, St. Francis prayer, my own prayers, other prayers at the big book. Then it says, 
Uh, we ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no request for ourselves only. So uh, pray for others. Even if you don't feel like it, pray for them. Pray for them to receive all that you want to receive, health, prosperity, happiness. Uh, this comes from, uh, it's not a thought of me, of myself. This come from, comes from page 552, uh, a story that is very useful. Then uh, it continues, we may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. Uh, we are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that, and it doesn't work. You can easily see why. Then if circumstances warrant, we ask our wives and friends uh, to join us in the morning meditation. If circumstances justify it, like my wife having her PMS is not one of them circumstances, okay? So uh, I, I shouldn't try to manipulate her using God as a mean. Uh, then if we, um, if we belong to a religious denomination which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend to that also. If not members of religious bodies, we sometimes select and memorize a few set prayers which emphasize these principles we have been discussing. There are many helpful books also. Suggestions about this may be obtained from one's priest, minister, or rabbi. Be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they offer. At this point, we are able to, to make use of what they offer. Then, as we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show, humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, thy will be done. We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. So uh, we are in less danger. Step 11 helps me also to prevent messing up. Or if you want it, uh, step 11 guides me to follow spiritual principles. And this is also a promise that I'm going to be in less danger. Then it says... We become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily for we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. Then as long as I do this every day and try to live constantly on this basis, it's not that easy anymore for me to fall in the game of playing God. It works, it really does. We alcoholics are in disciplines. Are in discipline, so we let God discipline us in the simple way we have just outlined. So uh, the discipline doesn't come from uh, calling my sponsor every night at the same time or by feeling that I have to attend then again a meeting every day or church. The discipline comes from God once I try to know more about him and about what he wants from me. And that's it for the 11th step. Thank you very much. Thank you, Aiden and Diego. There are um, a couple of really good questions, um, and I just wanted to read them to you both um, for 10 and 11, so uh, it's a little bit of a, a pause here for a Q&A. Um, one question is... How do you how do you practice this step? Like, what does that look like? Do they do you keep a note card and take inventory as defects crop up? Do you do it on your phone? Do you keep track in your mind and put it in like on paper in the evening uh, when when doing step eleven? What what does that look like for you? 
So uh, the way that I was raised in it is, is that I was going to do it when it cropped up. So um, I know it doesn't say to write uh, your 10 steps just the way that I was shown how to do it. Um, so when I would get restless, irritable, and discontented was the way that I would sort of recognize that um, I could start taking a look at a, a 10th step. Um, uh, I would keep a pad and pen with me. And I would just jot down quickly um, an inventory, whether it was resentment. Usually it was a lot of fear. Um, uh, and when I had time, I would call a sponsor with it. Um, if I didn't have time for that, I would just follow through with the rest of the direction, which was to see if I owe amend and then resolutely turn my thoughts to somebody I could help. So as I go through my day, if that's at 11 o'clock, you know, I, and, and obviously time permitting, if you're at work and you're expected to be working, you know, I don't think it's probably a good idea for you to go, hold on, boss. Let me, I got to write inventory. I got to call my sponsor. I'm going to go make amends to Carol. And then I'm going to go help somebody over here. You know, obviously be smart about it. But um, I would then always finish it with turning my thoughts to somebody I could help. So if I had no time to do that other stuff, writing it, calling somebody, doing all that, I'm focusing on who I could help. You know, because that's really what we're getting to here. And then at the end of the day, when I get to 11, that's when I could formally take a look at that stuff and see where I was pulling from the path. I don't know if that quite answers the question, but Diego, do you have an answer to that? I ha I have never uh, found in the at the big book like a very precise instructions regarding writing it, writing it or not writing it. But once again. I have a, a different understanding of things now. Then my inspiration told me that it wasn't such a bad idea to write things down and that I was harming no one by writing things down. So if that helps me in order to work the steps as they are written, I think that's a, a very good idea. Personally, I mean, it doesn't, personally, what I do personally means shit. But personally, I, I, I still open the big book in the uh, uh, morning because I want to. <laughs> and, and I read the words. And then I can add everything I want to. And the inventory, yeah, I have a, I ha I have a, I have a, a piece of paper and a pen. But because I, I, I sometimes forget uh, those tiny wrongs maybe the big wrongs the big errors the big mistakes they are very obvious but sometimes i forget the the the, the, the small things and i also uh, have to work on those small things because they are also blocking me from higher power so it's a good idea uh, and it helps me to to work these uh, instructions thank you Thank you. That's awesome. Uh, thank you both. And uh, one more question. Uh, I'll read it directly. So it says, how is, in quotes, resolutely turning my thoughts to someone I can help uh, be step 12 if I'm only on step 10? So how does that, um, like being on step 10 and, you know, turning thoughts to someone I can help in step 12? Is that, am I interpreting that right, Tom? Yeah. Tom, you stickler. My goodness. No, I, I mean, it's uh, turning my thoughts to somebody I can help. But, you know, if you're in step 10, the way I was shown how to do the steps is we did 10, 11, and I was given a week to get a sponsee. So there wasn't a ton of time in which I was, um, you know, not on step 12. But 
it doesn't specify we call our sponsee to see you know how i can help them for the day you know it just says turn your thoughts to somebody i can help a lot of times my inventories come up throughout my day um and i'm at work where can i be useful well i'm supposed to be working and i've got a bunch of people around me like that i could probably assist and help if they need help so it doesn't specify i need to focus that towards somebody in alcoholics anonymous you know it's just where can i be helpful where can i get out of self is what we're doing here because I'm all selfed up. The idea is that I'm going to get out of this self so that I can be useful to other people. And, uh, you know, I just, I always look at, uh, turn my thoughts to somebody I can help as 12, whatever. All right. Thank you. I'll pass it over to Joe then. Okay. We are supposed to be on a break for another two minutes. I, can we do like a, th- let's all take five. Okay. And we're going to come back. So the, the things that are left on the list to do, we have, uh, step 12 stuff. Everybody was going to get a chance to talk about that. And then we're just going to do more Q and a. So, um, originally what would have just been the Q and a would have been a 10 minute break. So let's just take a little bit of a break, um, stretch to the bathroom, whatever. And when we get more people coming back in, we'll, we'll start back up again. Also, thank you, Aiden and Diego. That was dope. So the way we had envisioned this next part going is we were going to give everybody who had had spoken a chance to briefly, talk about step 12 uh you know this the point of this workshop is sponsorship in the age of zoom right i know that theoretically we have some people who are are not super comfortable sponsoring or who are new or who are just looking to shake things up or who are specifically concerned about zoom so to the extent we have you have advice in the five minutes you have talk about zoom right how does it how is it different sponsoring on zoom let's do that let's not talk just about I mean, talking about sponsorship generally is awesome, but let's let's try and keep it to that niche if you can. Um, and so I think we're going to go in order, which means Kirby, you get to go first. You get to take all the stuff that uh, everyone else was going to say. Awesome. So really briefly, I, I, I can't read. If I could read the entire chapter working with others, that's what I would do with my five minutes. I'm not that fast of a reader. Um, but that, that's, that's my first suggestion for anyone who is, is going into sponsoring or who's new to it or to anyone who has done it for a long time. That's, that's where I have to continually take myself back to and go through with my sponsor when I experience questions about how I should sponsor somebody. This is where a lot of my answers are. Um, so I, I feel like, uh, the first aspect of sponsoring in zoom that's a little bit different is finding sponsees. That's been weird. So, uh, my experience with step 12 is that I, um, the whole entire first year of my sobriety, I got through nine. I had the awakening that, um, that was talked about earlier, but then I didn't do 10, 11 and 12. Uh, I, I really just didn't. And I got to that place that Aiden was talking about of where I was like, oh, well, I did all this shit. Do I, I still have to do more. I have to continue to look at this stuff and I have to go help others. And so my version of, of, um, working with others was I would sit at my meeting. Sometimes I would share, sometimes I wouldn't in my hometown. And whenever the question came up at the end of the meeting, like if you're real with a sponsor, raise your hand, I would just raise my hand. And that was it. That's all I did. I didn't, I I didn't, uh, talk to newcomers after meeting. I didn't go seek them out. I didn't give out my phone number. I wasn't on the phone list. I didn't go to treatment centers. 
uh, I wasn't doing any of that stuff. And, and I felt, I began to feel empty. I began to feel restless, irritable, and discontent again. And my experience is, is that when I began working with others for real, it started with taking up a service commitment with going to a treatment center physically and talking to people. Um, I know a lot of people will go to, go to jails and things. So whenever the pandemic rolled around, I was lucky enough to have, uh, a treatment center that I was going to twice a month. And I got a lot of sponsees out of there. So when the pandemic hit, I was like, well, crap, what are we, what are we going to do? Um, but the really cool thing is that AA and, and treatment and recovery like go it continues despite most of the world stopping. Like this is, this is life and death stuff and it continues on. And, and um, there are opportunities all over the place out there. I've gotten more opportunities to carry the message in the pandemic than I ever did before. I get to go to like three different treatment centers all across the United States of America, at least like six or so times a week or a month rather. So th that's my first, that's my first thing that I need to do in pandemic times in zoom times is start looking things up, start going to new meetings, start talking to people, asking them what they're doing, asking if there's any opportunities, looking online. Um, if there's nothing around, I'd call treatment centers, call them. That's what I did to, to figure this stuff out. I just called them point blank and asked them if they would want to set up a zoom. That's how I'm going to continue to stay in touch with the newcomer. Um, and then second of all, um, when I have found a newcomer, when I have found a, uh, uh what do they call it? The, the new, the new man, when I have found a new man, a new fellow, um, I, I just do what we've been outlining this whole entire time. I, I, I set up a time to meet with them over zoom. I have this book in hand. I show them what I know, um, and, and what has worked for me. Um, I, 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 there's just, I, I really wish that I had time to go through all the instructions and in working with others. But I, I think really what I wanted to, to make clear is that in finding people to sponsor that might look different now, but it's, it's all a matter of me being willing to put in the legwork to go find these opportunities to get in front of a newcomer, to give my information out to people, uh, to offer myself to be available. Uh, and that's still totally able to be done in this time. Uh, and then when I, when I, when I do that, I think one of my favorite lines in working with others uh, is on page 94. And this is, this is what I do. I outline the program of action to them. Outline the program of action. I explain how I made a self-appraisal, how I straightened out my path uh, and why I am now endeavoring to be helpful to him. I mean, that's like kind of a short, sweet bow tied version of what I do. Um, and it really doesn't look vastly different. I might've had to do a little more searching to find these opportunities to be helpful, but they're everywhere. Just start Googling. And, uh, that's, that's really, that was my spiel on, on sponsoring and zoom times in, in the 12 step work. So thanks y'all. Thank you, Kirby. Okay. Let's go Sam and then Sandra. Hey, Sam alcoholic. Um, 
Yeah. So I, I think like a really good thing to, to think about is, um, you know, we think about the founding of Alcoholics Anonymous and when this book was written, there were no meetings. Like it wasn't because the meetings, you know, put, got put on pause. It's because they literally did not exist. Right. They were meeting in a group of drunks in the Oxford group and the Oxford group was not uh, exclusive to alcoholics. So they didn't even have their own meetings. Um, at all. So what they're talking about and working with others is like Kirby was saying, they were, they were going to hospitals. They were going where drunks hung out, you know, they're picking them up off the street and plucking them and getting them into the solution. Okay. So, uh, to be placed at a position where, you know, really meetings didn't go anywhere. They were just put on zoom. And so it really, it's, uh, we're still very fortunate that relatively little work compared to what these guys were doing when the book was written, we, we really have it so easy. Um, you know, there's, there's newcomers everywhere and they know about Alcoholics Anonymous already, you know, it's just our job to carry the message to them. Um, I really want to hone in on, uh, you know, a couple things, uh, the first page of working with others, it says that practical experience shows that nothing, uh, will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. So, um, it works when other activities fail. So when all of the, all the other steps fail, this is the thing that will keep us sober. Um, and then we also have to look at in step three, where it says above everything, we must be rid of this selfishness or we drink, right? And I know it was easy for me, and I still hear it, hear it a lot that, uh, you know, like kind of complaining about Zoom and I want to go to in-person meetings. And I don't know, there's just something there sitting down at the kitchen table and getting into the big book and being face to face. And just uh, what I hear is... Um, you know, it's itself. It's me. It's me saying that this could go a better way. And, and basically what I think God's doing is not totally right. You know, Sam's way is if it could be my way, we could be meeting in person and that would be better. And, and so essentially I'm questioning the, the facts about life and reality, I mean, which is that I'm questioning God. Uh, and, and it tells me that I have to be rid of that or I'm going to drink again. Um, and another thing that I want to hit on that, that I love with, with this pandemic, I think it's really uh, relates is, and we agnostics, um, it says, is not our age characterized by the ease with which we discard old ideas for new, by the complete readiness with which we throw away the theory or gadget which, just, which does not work for something new, which does? We had to ask ourselves why we shouldn't apply our human problems with the same readiness to change our point of view. Okay, so what is this new, what is this old theory or gadget? It's in-person meetings, right? That we can't meet in person during a pandemic. That, that gadget, it doesn't work anymore. We can't cling to it and be like, oh, things would be better if we could just use that gadget. Well, that gadget, like too bad. That gadget is not working right now. We have to be ready to, to throw it away um, and, and deal with what we have. Well, what are, what's the card that we're being dealt with? Um, you know, it's, as far as... Um, finding sponsees, um, you know, I, I've just, I found it so much easier actually. Um, you know, at first it seemed wonky, but it's, uh, there's newcomer meetings, zoom meetings all over the place. And I just kind of look at it through the lens of, well, well, how did I get sponsees when I was in person? And, 
Um, you know, I went to lots of newcomer meetings. I went to treatment centers. I fellowshiped with other recovered alcoholics that had, you know, we, we were engaged in the common solution by which we could absolutely agree. So therefore, when they had a sponsee that they couldn't work with, they would refer them to me, you know, it was networking, right? And so the same thing transfers over to Zoom, right? I have this fellowship of, of other recovered alcoholics, many of whom are on this call. Um, I've gotten sponsees through them from all over the country. I've gotten sponsees at Zoom meetings. I've gotten sponsees on Reddit. I've gotten sponsees on Facebook. So uh, if you're in here and you're, and you're struggling getting sponsees, this is a great group of people to get in contact to, you know, get our information. We can refer you to places where there are newcomers because uh, you can just as easily have more sponsees because of the pandemic, um, you know, compared to before when we didn't have all these resources avail readily available to us. Um, but yeah, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Sam, that was exactly five minutes. That's impressive. Uh, Sandra, let's go. Hi, everybody. I'm Sandra. I'm an alcoholic. Hi. Um, man, I hate talking after Sam because I swear to God, he just took the words out of my mind. <laughs> um, you know, while we were meeting in person, right, we, we as an AA were complaining about the, the time meeting, the people in the meeting, the, the room. We were always complaining about something, right? Now we're meeting on Zoom. And man, Zoom is annoying. <laughs> <laughs> There's always something to complain about, you know, but I'm sitting here in Columbus, Ohio, right? And I, you know, <laughs> I gotta tell you, I'm sitting here this whole day, right? And I feel like I have just met a bunch of really cool people. And I love you guys so much, the words can't even describe. I mean, I've never met Diego or Don or, or Kirby in person ever ever, but I love them to pieces, right? The same love that I have for Sam and Christian who live in Columbus. I've never even met them in person, you guys. We live in the same town. It has nothing, the distance between us doesn't matter at all. You know, so throughout um, COVID, this pandemic, right? Like my first thought when this whole thing happened, I thought, man, how am I gonna find sponsees? You know, so in the in, on page eighty nine, it's, it's the first page of chapter seven. Um, the whole chapter is dedicated, right, to to, to working with others. It, it's unbelievable, right? It says perhaps you're not acquainted with with any drinkers who want to recover. You can easily find some, and then it continues. What it doesn't say is they can easily find you. It says you can easily find them. So it says we take the lead. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm available. Like my phone number is listed in my name. You get, anyone who wants, you can call me, text me, whatever you want. I don't care about your gender, right? Uh, I'm here for you, right? But it's my job to find them, right? So I joined um, a bunch of Facebook groups. Um, some of them are better than others, right? And sometimes you'll find it people who will post and say, Hey, looking for a sponsor. And I'll message them saying, give me, or I'll ask them for their phone number. I'm done, you know, giving up my phone number. I want your phone number. I'm, I'm going to call you because, you know, I, I can't expect an unhealthy newcomer, right? I mean, I was unhealthy when I came in to pick up the phone and have the courage to call me. And I'm done hearing people and saying, Oh, well that shows willingness. They got the courage to come to AA. They're willing, you guys. <laughs> I mean, you know, some people are less willing than others, but they showed up. 
they showed up, right? I'm going to give them a call. I'll shoot them a text, right? And we'll chat, right? And, and maybe they aren't willing to do the steps right now, but that doesn't mean I can't give them, you know, we can't talk, you know? So I've also found meetings and I'm happy to share those, um, um, the flyers with you if you, if you guys want. Um, there's, there, there's meetings out there that have been created since the pandemic that are literally specifically made for a sponsee and a sponsor to find each other. Now, they're not the best meetings like for big book information, right? But but those flyers are circulating, right? I think it's out of uh, out of Oregon is, is where they come from. I, I don't know. But I go to them from periodically, right? Because there's people on there going, you know what? I need, I need a sponsor. I'll go to that meeting. I found people through that. I found people all over the world. It, it's, it's really, really cool what this pandemic, well, this quarantine has done. The pandemic has sucked, obviously, right? But I have to take the lead. You know, I, I, I don't wait around for a newcomer to call me. That's, that's nonsense. <laughs> Um, you know, during, um, this meeting, Chris and I were chatting and I was telling him how I don't love going to women's meetings. I don't, I, I, I don't love going to a meeting where the topic is grief. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> I mean, I just sit there like, excuse me, am I in the right room? I thought we were talking about alcoholism here and our common solution. I didn't know that the topic was grief or stress around the holidays. Like, what am I supposed to do there? You know? I mean, you know, and as we were chatting, right, he pointed out that I should go to those meetings and I, and I will, right? After we get off here, I'll probably find a, a meeting around me that's a woman's meeting and I'll go, right? Because they need to hear this message what they're hearing is topics of grief and love and whatever else right they aren't hearing this message right and even though they look at me as if i have three heads growing out of my body <laughs> or as if i'm speaking a whole other language and that's fine they can look at me as if i'm crazy and that's totally okay it's my job to try and carry this message that's all you know, it doesn't matter how many sponsees I have or how many sponsees they have. That's not, that's not the goal here. My job is to try to carry the message. That's it. I love you all. This is, this is a wonderful workshop. I wish I could just give you all a big hug. I'll hug my computer. But thank you all. Thank you. Uh, okay. Um, Blake, good luck following that. You're up. Wow, thanks, Jerk. Um, yeah, Sandra actually literally read a sentence I was going to read. So thanks a lot for that. You're both jerks. Um, but no, um, so yeah, you know, there's, I think a few people have touched on stuff that you hear in meetings. That's just kind of like, okay, well, I don't know where that comes from. Um, one of those things that we hear in some of the maybe more sadder gatherings is this, like, I can't help anybody. I can't even help myself kind of thing. Um, right between what Sam read and what Sandra read, it says, you know, the 12 suggestions carry this message to other alcoholics. You can help where no one else can. Right. So like, not only can I help someone else, but I can help in a situation where other people who may be seemingly qualified are not able to help, you know, and this goes back to that step one identification thing that Silkworth kind of drives home. You know, it's like, I'm a recovered alcoholic today. Um, and I have depth to my experience and knowledge with this work. It's not academic. It's not wishy-washy. It's founded in experiential 
you know, resources that I've taken the actions in this book. I've had the results that the book describes, and then I've continued to do that in step 12 and go take it to other people. You know, Sandra mentioned like not waiting on people to come to us. You know, there's so many places in the book where it talks about making an approach or talks about being approached by someone who, in, in whom the problem had been solved, you know, over and over and over again. And that's the kind of stuff that I've done in zoom as well. You know, like calling and emailing, uh, case managers, people like staff at treatment centers in cities I've never even been to anything that I could think of that I feel inspired to do through my 11 step practice, any kind of ideas that come up that feel like it could get me closer to carrying my experience and knowledge to somebody who might need it. You know, um, the moral of the story there is keep swinging, you know, like a hundred percent of the time that I don't swing, I'm, I, I don't get a hit. Right. So, you know, we talked earlier about how this isn't about like how many guys I'm sponsoring or how far they each get in the steps and all that stuff. It's about taking the action, you know? So I don't really put too much into the result. You know, I'm not really thinking about that. What I'm thinking about is, you know, if, if I have a sponsee who's like, okay, so now I'm at step 12. Well, what do I do now? Well, here's a list of 15 things that you can do right now. You know, maybe that's going to overwhelm somebody. Okay. So here's a list of two. And then when you don't do those two, here's two more. You don't do those two. Then we're going to have a discussion. So it's like, what are you doing? Right. Are you actively taking the actions or are you actively taking some random excuse to not take the actions? Right. So big things there, like was just mentioned, huge group of people in this meeting who could give you a list of any number of zoom meetings that have 150 brand new people who have no semblance of recovery happening in their life right now where you could go there and you could literally just put your name in the chat and people will call you or text you. Uh, just say, Hey, I offer sponsorship. I've done that and gotten three sponsees in one meeting where I didn't even speak. I just put my name in there. People are desperate. They, they want help. You know, um, I've, I've spent plenty of time in the, the seventh ring of hell known as Reddit. Um, you know, answering questions that people have in the Alcoholics Anonymous subreddit where like half of the population wants to troll you and, you know, the rest of them are just kind of like doubting Thomas. But the whole point of it is if I'm taking those actions, it gets results, you know, and the results are that I am continuing to work step 12, you know. So basically to close out, if you're having an issue trying to figure out how to find people in, in uh, Zoom land or whatever, there is absolutely no reason that you should leave this workshop today and still have that problem because there's probably at least 20 people in here who could give you a list of a dozen places where you could go find people who are desperate for what you've got. And that's it. Thanks. Thank you, Blake. Um, so Don, who I'm going to call on next in April, recommended I go to this particular meeting on Zoom. I went two times and I still get uh, random text messages like every week or two because someone there wrote down my phone number and it's just trickling down. Like just every couple of weeks, it's just like, oh, someone from Lion Rock. Um, I went twice 
Right. So thank you, Dawn. Um, please. You're very welcome, Joe. Uh, that's been my experience too, right? I just show up to random meetings and share and make myself available. I will make it very clear. Like I am here specifically for you as a newcomer looking for someone who wants to be taken through these steps. Right. And like someone mentioned earlier, sometimes you have to go to the shitty meetings, right? Like, you know, I've been called an AA snob because I like to go to big book studies and, you know, I scoff at people who, uh, <laughs> like say something that is, you know, CrossFit in the yoga studio. Right. <laughs> we were talking about earlier. Um, but, uh, all internally, of course, but the, the deal is, is that, you know, it is my responsibility to be responsible for my recovery. Right. Like, you know, I too was the person like sitting in the back of the room, like, and it was more like sharing my hand like this, you know, like, yeah, I'm available for sponsorship. Please. Nobody, please. Nobody call on me. Nobody asked me anything after the meeting. Um, and then, you know, I, I started doing the work of sponsoring other people and where the book says like life will take on new meaning. Like those words can't even like describe what, what really happens. Right. Um, it is my most favorite part of my day. It is the time that I am most close to God is when I am taking someone through this work. So why would I like not go search that out? Right. You know, it's just like I was taught before the pandemic what to do. I just adapt that to the Zoom meeting. Right. I put my phone number here for anyone who wants to reach out and say, hey, I need sponsorship. I need I need help with this recovery problem, whatever it is. Right. Call me, text me. Not a big deal. Right. I'm here to help. You know, um, if I hear someone sharing in a meeting, it sounds like they're struggling, whether they have five days or five years, I'll send them a direct message. Hey girl, what's going on? You know, you want to talk after the meeting, right? Let's get on zoom and let's just talk, right? Like there's nothing, nothing else other than just let's talk, right? Maybe we end up working together. Maybe we don't, maybe we've made a friendship who knows. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, how can I be helpful? Right. It's just, how can I be helpful? And you know, if you've never sponsored anyone, once you start to have that experience, you will chase it down with the desperation of a drowning man, because you know how amazing that it is. Um, and for me, again, it's just like get, thinking outside of the box because like someone mentioned earlier, like, you had to be sponsored into AA, right? Like you, you had to have someone who's an AA go find you and sponsor you in, right? It wasn't like you could just walk to the AA club on the corner and go get help. And then the sponsor people would like, you know, come run at you like, Oh, I want to sponsor you. I want to sponsor you. That's not like really how it works. Right. So I can't imagine, um, you know, the, the links they had to go through back then going and finding drunks on the, on the side of the street, right? We have it pretty freaking easy. We can show up to a meeting. There are tons of AA meetings on zoom on a web website. You can go and scroll through and like, okay, this one's happening in 10 minutes. I'm going to hop on and I'm going to make myself available for sponsorship. I'm going to start messaging people that, you know, seem like they need some help, right? When someone new comes to my home group, Hey, I haven't met you before. What's going on with you? Are you new? Or have you, do you have a sponsor? I'm available for sponsorship, like making that clear that that's what I'm there for because the meetings are not there for me to bitch about my day. They are not there for me to 
uh, check in, right? Um, as a recovered alcoholic, I'm there to share the solution, share some hope, right? And to make myself available for the newcomer, right? That's it. You know, how selfish of me to be a recovered alcoholic and talk, well, you know, I just really need to talk, me and my husband, we had this big fight this morning, you know, and I just really need to talk about it, right? No, like, there's no hope in that. No newcomer is going to want to come to come to me for help, like, you know, like, so I'm there to talk about what this program has done for me, right? And if I can do that, I'll get a sponsee. That's been my reality, right? I show up to a meeting, whether I've been there before or not, I'll share, I'll put my phone number out, I'll message some people, and if I'm looking for a sponsee, I will find them. Like, it, I have never had a uh, shortage of sponsees. I've never had trouble finding them since I started doing this thing. That's just not been my experience at all. Um, so all you got to do is share some hope, make yourself available, and, like, reach out to some people. That's it. It's pretty simple. <laughs> That's all I got. Thank you guys so much for this. This has been awesome. That was also exactly five minutes. Uh, let's go Christian. This will not be exactly five minutes. So, uh, Christian alcoholic. Uh, okay. So, um, yeah, everything everybody said. So I just did all that. You know, the 12 step says having had a spiritual awakening. So I still have to read this thing. I was like, I'm not even, I mean, I'm this memorized. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of the steps, we tried to carry the message. Somebody else mentioned it. We tried to carry this. Doesn't say <clears throat> we had exactly this many people in these many steps and we were doing it. says we tried to carry the message. <clears throat> so, you know, I would say everything we've talked about today, right? We've made the joke so many times, like, uh, Hey, it's a zoom workshop. And the joke is, is that it's exactly the fucking same. Nothing's changed. We're just working steps instead of being face to face. Like in reality, we're doing it over the internet. Um, so, okay. When I was, so, but here, maybe things have changed a little bit, like maybe, just the mechanics of them have changed a little bit, but the feelings as a new sponsor, as a person who's now like, all right, buddy, get out there, go get them, pal. You know, the feelings of, I don't want to screw these people up. Where do I find them? Whatever. Okay. So some things that I was told right from the beginning, number one, you need them way more than they need you. Okay. Uh, my sponsor said, Christian, you're really fucking sick you need a lot of sponsees. Okay. So, um, if you can count how many sponsees you have, you don't have enough. Okay. If you can remember all their names, you don't have enough. Now me being a broken alcoholic who had no better plan and had bought into this guy's ideas. I was like, all right, I guess I'll go do this. He's like, but here's the thing. And I love Don and Blake and Kirby and all these people. Guess what? They got, they go to a meeting and people say, mic drop fire. Like, yeah, they are incredible. Like they're going to stand out from the crowd. That wasn't me when I was 90 days sober, you know, I was fumbling over my words. So yeah, maybe you're not going to be able to walk. Don't go to the Friday night cool meeting with 150 people and think that you're going to be able to say something that's going to shock people. And like, you're going to get all these messages, you know? So here's what you do. You go to the meeting. This is Zoom. You go to the meeting. People introduce themselves as new. You have to remember one. And whether the chat is closed or open, as soon as that chat is open, you direct message that person. 
in real life, the way that looks is you are sitting in a big circle and they're going around the room introducing newcomers and Joe, sorry, Joe, not Joe, but some other guy named Joe, Joe says, Hey, I got 25 days. You don't remember Jim and Jack and Bill and Phil and everybody after you just, just high, just Joe, Joe. Okay. I'm just, cause you can't remember everybody and you beeline it for that person right after the meeting and you talk to them. Okay. Now, in zoom what does that look like right it's a quick message hey how's it going what are you up it's not hey do you need a sponsor right because you we haven't even gotten to the point yet what if they're not a real alcoholic guess what your job is to decide that okay first find out all you can about him if he does not want to stop drinking don't waste your time so don't this isn't about how many sponsees you have. This is about becoming interested in the welfare of others. If you go into each meeting and you become interested in the welfare of others, you will get people who will respond to that. You will sit down with them, hopefully. Okay. This is how I did. Every time I'd meet with a new person when I was brand new at it, I would read work. You know what, Joe? Look, I was going to set a five-minute timer, and I forgot. And now I have no idea how long I've been talking. So give it to me. Yeah, 45 seconds left. I can wrap this. But I can credit you like 10 seconds for this aside. Thank you. you. Okay. Um, Okay. When I first did it, you know what I would do? Right before I met with the sponsee, whether it was on Zoom or real life, guess what I would do? I would read the entire chapter. It's called Working with Others. Okay? That's a good setup for how you're going to go. Then what I would do is, let's say... We're going on to the next part, and we're going to start talking about the next part. Guess what I would do? I would read that chapter right before I met with them. I'd call my sponsor. I'd say, uh, about to go meet with this guy. Hopefully not going to fuck him up too bad. And he would, we'd talk about it, you know? And it was all good, and it worked. And then I got better at it, and now it's not even a big deal. And here's the last thing I'm going to say. You're worried about sponsoring these people. You're worried that you're not going to do a good job. And I'm going to just pose this question to you. If not you, then who? You all leave them out there for the crazy shit we hear in Alcoholics Anonymous today? Go sponsor these people. They need to hear this message. Zoom or not Zoom. They need to hear, they don't need to hear the psychobabble bullshit about one step a year or what. And I thought that was a myth. Until Blake and I were in a meeting and somebody literally said it as a counter share to something I had said. And I would thought she was joking until I was told she wasn't. That shit is really being perpetrated out there. Okay. So grab these people, pull them into the middle of the boat, wrap the foil blanket around them, throw a granola bar in their face, get them well, and then kick them out of the boat and get them helping other people. That's all I got. Thanks. Thank you, Christian. Uh, I'm going to go over to Diego, but I'm, I'm going to interpose myself again and say one of the coolest and also saddest things that I've noticed about the pandemic are these experiences where five months ago you were in a meeting and you said something and then five months later, somebody texts you and you meet with them and you, you ask them, you know, some question and it comes out that you are the only person who has given you the, has given them your phone number, right? This person, I gave this, per- it almost makes me want to cry right? I gave this person my phone number. No one else did. 
right? Or I had a guy come up to me that had been coming to the same meeting um, weekly. I was the only person who had ever come up to him in the months, right? And I'm like a gangly, you know, four month old guy, right? I don't have a lot, to, but no, he didn't have any other options at that point, right? Anyway, uh, Diego. Hi, thank you. Thank you, Joe. Well, about the 12 steps, the, the uh, step 12. Um, I heard, I, I think it was Christian the other day, uh, he said something that is uh, very true, uh, that when you are working the steps or when you are done uh, with the steps, you might get the, the the feeling that you have you to get your shit together before helping others and you have to become an example of life and that you have recovered not only from alcoholism but from financings and family in family stuff social uh, circles etc etc and that's not true uh doesn't say that you are not going to, uh, to to enjoy life differently. Of course, of course we are, but you don't have to get your shit together in order in order to 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 help others. Is uh, is the other way? Uh, is after you or we work with others when we maybe can expect to receive something, and that I believe it's in the scale. But it's after, not 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 before. Uh, so what helps me get my shit together is working with others. Uh, everything has been said about about the twelve step in these uh, previous shares. Uh, but I I I think there there's a I think there's a very human and uh, hu human part of this working with other things and some, some sometimes I, I i can uh i can be using others to work for myself i mean i my ego grows i think i'm the shit and every oh i, I have a lot of sponsors and then but still that's part of my 10 and 11 step so there are human defects uh, human wrongs that are going to get better as long as i do what the program tells me to do in steps 10 and 11 because uh but but i don't have to to stop from helping others just because my ego feels great because i saw someone uh recover from alcoholism uh, and i feel great about it and at the same time I, I i feel like i had something to do it's okay there's nothing wrong to 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 to, to feel great about seeing others recover themselves but i just had to understand that i i i did something uh i had something to do but it, uh, I mean, the spirit, of course, ha has to be that I, I have to understand that it, that's for myself. Uh, the, there's the, the only way to service me is to service others. But uh, if, if you have ever felt or thought about this, or, or, the, or this thought uh, passed through your head, don't don't feel don't 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 stop working with others because of that. 
that's it. Thanks. Thank you, Diego. Uh, I'm calling an audible here and I'm going to ask Kat to, to speak briefly and I'm going to ask Amber and Aaron as well. And we're going to go quickly and then we're going to go to Aiden and then we're going to be done. Thanks, Joe. I'm Kat. I'm an alcoholic. I don't think I've said that yet, even being here all day, but um, yeah. <laughs> um, first of all, it's a big honor to be here and thank you to um, Blake and everybody for letting me be of service today. Um, this is like something that's close to my heart. Um, I am a pandemic sober baby like this without Christian and Blake being on the firing line in their recovery. I would not be here today. Um, I would not be in school. So sponsoring over zoom like works and it saved my life. Um, what I do today is if I don't have sponsees, I am at meetings, like looking for sponsees, just like everybody else has shared. Um, sponsoring is something I'm growing more and more comfortable with. At first it was really uncomfortable. I have like a lot of people pleasing tendencies and, but the book tells us like, if we're on that service plane, we're not actually not being helpful. <laughs> um, so, you know, there is I've learned a lot about boundaries and and all these things but there it's just like it's just like being in person in my experience like sitting down with somebody um and explaining my experience reading the book to them I can't, I have only met with a sponsor once in person last year but um I can't, I just can't see it being any different and I've had like anyway I've, I was gonna say I have powerful amends but that's not what I'm talking about um Another thing I do, I am blessed to be connected with people that are in this room and uh, people in my home group who are also on the firing line of their recovery and sharing the message. So I help out at another workshop weekly. Um, if I don't have sponsees, that's something I'm able to do. Um, and I also um, am connected to people who uh, will just send me numbers, you know, and it's the same place that Joe was talking about too. people. Somebody hit me up a couple of weeks ago saying like, I just found your number, you know, and I've gotten to work with this woman a while. Um, and, and yes, I can't keep what I have unless I give it away. Um, I love sponsoring with my slippers on. Like I get to talk to people in my PJs at home. Like, <laughs> um, and I, I honestly, like, I'm not in any, this is all I know. And like, I'm really not in any rush to get back in, in person. Um, but I am, you know, it's something I talk to God about and you know, all, all of it is kind of that conversation with God of like, um, where can I be helpful in my 11 step and that the right answer will come if I work for it, relax and take it easy. Um, and I don't know it. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to hear when people say it, it's hard to sponsor on zoom because it saved my life. So, um, I do everything I can. Thank you for the opportunity to speak. Thank you, Kat. Aaron Annie Brackett, you're up. <laughs> Recovered alcoholic named Aaron. Hi. Uh, thank you to everyone that spoke. This has been such an amazing experience. Um, I was introduced to AA through Zoom, through Zoom meetings, uh, specifically Zoom big book studies, and my life changed for the better. I met my higher power. I was able to be of service for the first time ever in my life and in my recovery. Um, and I have sponsored people on Zoom and continue to sponsor people using Zoom. And I've gotten lots of sponsees through different meetings, whether they be big book studies or, you know, open, disgusting, um, but uh, different, different meetings that we've been able to go to. And um, 
it's been such a wonderful and enriching experience. And, you know, I love the people in this room, like they are my family. Uh, you know, when I found AA, I finally found a place where I fit and I hadn't fit for so long. And, um, and what's more is I was able to take the steps and I was able to find a higher power. And that was a really big fucking deal for me. Um, but it is so enriching to be able to just, take someone through the work and, you know, whether we're on zoom or in person, um, nothing prevents me from going out and finding sponsees. Um, it's all about my willingness. It's about my want to help. And, uh, it, which is continually, continually <laughs> strengthened by my 10 and 11. Um, but yeah, it's just such a wonderful, it's so wonderful. And I'm, I'm in so I'm indebted to AA for the rest of my life. So thanks. Thank you so much. Okay. Now, Aiden, you may speak. Aiden, alcoholic. Good. Um, it's been a great workshop. It's been awesome, but I think it's unfair that, um, Christian is giving his input on how we go out and find sponsees because what he does is he kicks over a gas can in a meeting. He sets the shit on fire folds his arm and waits for all six of the new sponsees to come up to him after the meeting. I, I, I think some of us actually have to put in the work to do it. And, uh, and that's what I was shown how to do early is that you got to actually go out and seek, you know, that, that you get the benefit from the seeking, not necessarily the guy that finishes his fourth step. You know, I, I get the benefit from getting out of self by having the conscious thought of how can I go be helpful and useful in my life and go try and attempt to carry the message of Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, so that's, you know, I was shown early on what we're looking for. Uh, when we go to a meeting, look for the people accepting startover tokens, 30-day keychains, uh, key you know, 60-day, 90-day. Listen to the guy in the meeting that just sounds like he's so self-pitying that, he, you know, he's not going to make it through the night without drinking. Go talk to that guy. Um, I was lucky that I went through just about every treatment center in every halfway house in the city of Indianapolis. When I got sober, I reached back out to those people and said, hey, you know, if you got anybody, why don't you throw them my way? And I, I picked up four or five sponsees since moving back to Indianapolis a couple months ago. Um, I put my name in the chat next to, or my number next to my name in every meeting that I go into. I listen to the people in the meeting for Zoom and say, you know, if, uh, message them in the middle of the meeting and say, Hey, what's going on? I heard your share, you know, reach out to me if you need anything. Um, one thing I'm not doing, like Christian said, is I'm not leading with sponsorship. I'm leading with how can I be helpful to somebody and how can I, you know, just chat, just talk to someone. That's really what we're doing is I'm making somebody feel welcome. I'm extending the hand of Alcoholics Anonymous only by saying, Hey, welcome, man. Welcome. And if, you know, at the end of that, I say, you know what, it's suggested that we sponsor here. If you're interested or looking for a sponsor, I'm available. Um, and, and some other people had mentioned that I, I don't give my number out. I take numbers. Um, I don't say, hey, Aiden Alcoholic, here's my number. That guy will never call me. You know, um, what I do is I get a number from somebody and I say, hey, it was great chatting with you tonight. Glad you made it to Alcoholics Anonymous. If you need any help or need any rides to meetings, I'm available and send it back out to them. And then leave it at that. And then if he comes back and says, hey, you know, would you be my sponsor? I'm available. I think the, whole, the big thing is just making ourselves available to newcomers. Um, that's, that's been the difference maker for me. I think the most important piece of this, and it, it'll sound selfish, I'm sure, but um, all of what we're talking about in this whole workshop, 
you know, none of us started in a place where it was like so clear what all these steps were about, how to articulate them, what to talk about, how to dissect the book, what to do in regards to a 10th step, how to implement step 11 in your life, how to coach somebody through a four step, what the character defects look like in five, where that comes from is sponsoring other people. I remember finding my first sponsee and working with him and just fucking terrified I was going to kill this kid. I thought I was going to, like, he was going to die because he had the unfortunate, you know, unfortunately had me as a sponsor. And that kid stayed sober. And what I found was uh, I would talk to my sponsor all the time about, okay, so in the first step, what am I trying to get across to this guy? How am I supposed to talk to him? What is that unmanageability thing? You know, uh, can you explain the powerlessness, obsession, and craving again and how that works into and then step two, and then I started to get into a habit of talking to my sponsor about what the book was trying to relay. And that's how I learned Alcoholics Anonymous was through sponsoring other people, not by going through it the first time, not by going through it the first time. It only happened as a result of having to teach somebody else how to do this stuff. Um, and that's been my experience. And it's, it, it's as a result of that, I have a fellowship in my life. I did not manufacture my own fellowship. This, all of these people in my life today, these people that I have, as a result of doing the work, and the fellowship grew up around me. All of a sudden, it's like during the Zoom age, holy shit, how am I connected to Kirby in Texas and Christian in Ohio and Sam in Ohio? You know, how did this happen? And it's just like we are on this path. God moves us, directs us as a result of looking to see who we can be helpful to. How can I go reach out and connect with other people? And then we have this amazing sponsorship workshop that gets put on. You know, how does this happen? Christian gets an inspiration and says, let's do this thing. Fucking done. You know, it's just beautiful how this shit works. When I get my hands off the wheel in the first step of that, obviously doing the steps, but seeking new people to work with. That's all I got. That was five minutes. What we have on our schedule now is question and answers. We have as much or as little time for questions and answers as we want. Um, thank you to everyone that came and for help. And let's just, let's get to the, I mean, Kat, do we have any questions? Um, I think it would be best to open it up to anybody, um, and then I can go into some, uh, if nobody has any, but we went over a lot, so hopefully people do. Blake. Blake, alcoholic. I just had a question for Christian. Uh, what brand of gasoline do you uh, recommend for kicking over and um, setting a meeting on fire? Which works best? Is it like I know that diesel is less flammable. So I would assume some kind of unleaded, right? Sorry, I'll, I'll mute and take my answer. Thank you for the very pressing question. Um, I can start. I can start us. Um, down. Okay, there's one here. So how often should my sponsees be calling me with 10 steps? What if they aren't doing 10 steps? Aiden? Uh, when it crops up. And I think that differs for, for individuals. I think for me, uh, I was on the habit of daily 10-step practice with my sponsors of calling with 10 steps. Uh, I think that um, it, it says when it crops up, so however frequently that is. Um, I, I actually, I kind of press sponsees on this. It's like, okay, so this is what we're going to do. And I kind of create that from the very beginning. Like to, daily, you'll call me with 10 steps. You know, it may be different for other people, but it gets them, somebody in the habit of actually looking at that because it's so glossed over so frequently that the 10 step isn't really applied that I try to make it a ritual, uh, a routine. If they're not doing it, you know, that 
brings up a, a ton of other questions. You know, what have they missed so far? What don't they understand about management of their own life? You know, that sort of thing. Um, and it would create other conversations that I would have, but I like a, a daily regimented because when someone's in treatment, especially I sponsor a lot of guys in treatment, I guarantee you there are resentments spewing daily with guys, other guys in the halfway house, other guys in the treatment center. It is too easy to catch resentments and fear. What is it going to be like when I get out? I give explanation of what my fears are that may trigger some of them to go, Oh, I have that same fear. Oh, I have that same fear. How am I going to make money when I get out? Where am I going to live when I get out of here? Will I be able to stay sober? Is God going to, you know, these are all things that would go through my mind as a newcomer. So I'm sure they're going through others as well. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, any other panelists want to speak to that point? Sam. Sam, alcoholic. Uh, apologize. Not sure you can hear. There's like an ice cream truck right directly outside my house. And it's super loud. It's like weird. We have one sixty degree day here in Ohio and, you know, Everyone's running around outside shirtless eating ice cream. Um, so, like, when, when I uh, first get sponsees on 10, I make it really clear um, that even if it seems petty, like, even the stupidest, like, most petty-seeming shit, so like, if it seems so small, someone cut you in line, I don't care what it is, like, call and practice because it, it talks about, you know, 10 and 11 becoming a working part of the mind and we can't get there without practicing. And so we're going to have to start really, really simple. And that's what I, what I did, you know, I would call about 10 steps and, you know, yeah, about people in rehab, you know, going off a group and literally just talking too long and like annoying me and I'd call and do a 10 step. And that's how I'd practice to get better on like how, what is this 10 step? What is the point? What am I trying to do? What am I trying to achieve with the 10 step? Um, and every time we talk, like if they call me and we're not talking, if we've gotten past step 10, 11 and a sponsee calls me and they're not talking about 10, 11, I usually stop the conversation and I say, well, how's, how's 10, 11? What's, what's coming up? You know, like if we, it says when these things crop up and then, and then in 11, we're supposed to ask us these specific questions of what we're looking out for. So we should have some ideas of things that have been cropping up or, or things that, you know, something should be coming up. And so that kind of gives the indication to me. If you're like, Oh, everything's going great. It's like, okay, well then you're not clearly not doing it. Cause it, something should be coming up, whether it's good or bad or whatever. We're supposed to, you know, we have questions to answer. Um, and I just kind of bring it back to that. And, and I don't really hound on, sponsees if they you know um if they're not gonna do it you know i make it clear that i had one sponsee it took almost a year for him to consistently you know call with 10 steps because he was just like he had to hit his head some more he kept bonking his head he'd call me when some huge explosion happens and now he had to do like a full inventory on this explosion and and it was like, oh, now I'm so. And then he starts calling me with like the smaller things. Like now I can see it clicking, and I, and I feel like that's super common too. And I just kind of let it ride and make it, try to be helpful, and I don't hound them if they don't do it. There's somebody Aiden brought up um, fear and resentment. And somebody asked, what if like how to help people when they're just having the same fear or resentment over and over? Don. Yes. Um, so I deal with that a lot, right? I do it 
myself. Right. And I have sponsees do it too. Like we're, we're never immune from that. And, you know, I, I had this conversation with one of my girls just a couple of days ago. I was like, here's the deal, honey. You can sit there and you can keep being pissed off at this woman for what you think she did to you. You can let it fucking burn your life to the ground till you absolutely have to have a drink. And then you go drink again. That's option one. Option two is let's do (laughs) the suggestions in the book and take some action and move past it. Right. You know, I was like, and so I asked like, so the last time we talked about this, we left with, you know, this information and these actions you were going to take, what happened? Right. And usually the answer is, well, you know, nothing. Okay. Okay. Well then when is now going to be the right time to decide that it's, it's done, right? Because it's up to you, right? You, you have the power to choose to get over this or not, you know? But the reality is the book gives me some amazing promises, but it also gives me some promises of what's going to happen if I stay in my resentment. And it tells me like five or six times in the matter of a paragraph that they will kill me right? It's not my drinking that's going to kill me. It's my resentment because my resentment is what causes me to sit in my shit until I'm so just off the chain that the only thing that's going to solve me is a drink, right? So we have the options. What's it going to be, right? Um, And then you just have to make make the decision. And if they don't make the decision, like, because here's the thing, I'm not God, right? I cannot save them. I cannot make them stay sober. I cannot make them get drunk as a sponsor, right? I can be the best sponsor in all of the world and say all the right things and this person not stay sober because they're not willing. Right. And I can screw everything up, which I have because in the beginning I was a shitty sponsor and I feel bad for those women for having to have me as a sponsor. But guess what? There's one of them that's still sober and like rocking life. You know, she's like the biggest asset that she could be to the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. And it's nothing because it's not because of anything I did. It's because of her willingness to connect with her higher power that helped her get to where she needed to be with that situation. I can read you the instructions out of the book that the book tells us to do, and then you can make the decision to do it or not. Um, it, at the end of the day, it's between it's between them and God, right? I can give you the, the instructions, and I guess not my instructions, it's the book instructions, and then the rest is up to them, you know? That's all I got. Aiden. Thank you, John. So quickly, was the question the continuation of resentments and fears even after all of that? Is that what I understood? Yeah, it could be. Okay. So I, this is something that I've, I've struggled with over time is that I'll have resentments that just don't go away and fears that are persistent in my life. And um, I was directed back to the seven step prayer and that my creator, I'm now willing that you should have all of me good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defective character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Which means God is only going to remove the things that is standing in the way of my effectiveness and usefulness to him and my fellows. It is not me to, up to me to take away my own character defects, fear, and resentment. If potentially, I need to sit with that for a little bit. You know, there's all, that's me playing God. If I still have this resentment that I think needs to go, um, and I'm telling God, Hey, take this away from me so that I'm, I feel better. You know, that's something that I've, uh, struggled with. And then the, 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 the other aspect of it is, um, ignoring 11 step inspiration. So 
I'm inspired in my life to take these actions and to do these things. It could be that I'm getting inspirations that I'm denying. Say, for instance, I'm in a bad relationship and I'm always resentful at my partner, always resentful at what they're doing. I'm always in fear of what's happening here. Going home, you know, is it possible I'm receiving the inspiration that the relationship isn't right and I'm staying in the relationship even knowing? So I'm trying to involve God in my life to have him direct me, he, she, it, whatever, direct me in the way that I should be going. Yet I'm going, nope, I got this. I'll just keep doing 10 steps on it while continually not focusing on the inspirations that you're trying to give me in my life. And that has led many times in my life to the continuations, staying in a bad job that I hated, that I was miserable at, calling Christian every you know two days about my, my misery of my job. When the, the, what I needed to do was you know put my resume out there online and start somewhere else. But I was going, no, I can't think of that. I'm not going to listen, you know. I need this, you know, 825 an hour to whatever, you know, and I, I was completely um, blocking myself off from God and it continued resentments and fears. So I don't know if that answered the question or not, but it's all good. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, Dave, you have a question, Dave. Hey, thanks a million. I've got a bounce, but I wanted to just thank everybody on this. You've all thrown Molotov cocktails in my recovery today. And I really am grateful for each and every one of you spending the time. Um, super emotional about how, uh, connected I feel to my higher power because of you all. And thanks so much. I really do appreciate it. Take care. That is awesome. Thank you so much, Dave. It's so nice to meet you. Um, yeah, that might be a good time to throw out. Um, Joe, do you have the Black Rhino email? If people have questions or want to get connected with anybody in the room or... I can't believe I didn't do the Black Rhino email. Oh, God. <laughs> we have an email address. You can email it. And with questions that you or comments or I need a sponsor or all of that, email the email in the chat. Email the email. Thank you. Um, I'm going to put the signal out for any more questions from the group. Um, it might be, we might be preaching to the choir, but, um, yeah, if anybody has any more questions, if not, um, I have, Oh, I do have something I want to share really quick, um, on Sandra's behalf. This is the information for the design for a living group. Um, and a lineup of speakers. So if you want to take down the Zoom ID and password or take screenshot. What a lineup. <laughs> cool. And then I will pass it. I'll pass it back to you, Joe. Thank you again for the opportunity to be of service today. I'll put my number in the chat. Everybody can feel free to contact me. Man, woman, all the things. We did not talk about how this would be ended. We are done. It's over. What a privilege. All right, that was the Star Wars workshop with <laughs> bringing it back around, circling back to the intro. No Star Wars was mentioned, if I remember correctly, during the workshop. Yeah, and it's like a two-hour thing, and no one's going to remember the joke from the beginning. <laughs> they will like, now. It took me three weeks to listen to this whole episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You nerds are killing me. <laughs> Okay, anyway. Speak for yourself. <laughs> so, if you guys want to get in contact with any of the people who you heard speaking or answering questions, or I believe asking questions too, all those people are sure. actively sponsoring, and we would love to help you get in contact with them. You can reach out to us in the following ways. 
Oh, yeah. So you can hit us up in our email, which is podcastgreaterthanyourself at gmail.com or on Instagram uh, at podcastgreaterthanyourself or at dr underscore silkworth. Um, yeah, so definitely hit us up. We'd love to connect anybody uh, with, with any of the speakers or uh, or really, we just love hearing from you guys. So sure. please, uh, please drop us a line. And be on the lookout for season three, podcast greater than yourself coming. We have no idea when. Listen, we got a lot of going on in our lives right now. Okay. There's a lot happening. So just be patient. But I promise we will have a third season of this podcast. The empire will strike back. <laughs> you never know. We might show up on other people's podcasts in the meantime. Yeah. That'll be like a return of the Jedi kind of a thing. Man, this is so much good stuff coming out of this. I'm going to... Hey, listen, this I got to so hop terrible. into my... Should we, should we re-record all of this? Ewok? Is that a thing? An Ewok? Hop I think I had my Ewok. Ewok. Is that a th- I don't even know. Yeah, you I hop into your of- Ewok and then... Yeah, for sure. Why not? My Starwing? What is your, it called? The Ewok Gullwing? flies you to Endor? I, I don't know. You know what always threw me off was that like when they would go to the bar... And uh, this is an alcoholic podcast, so we'll talk about the bar. <laughs> They'd go to the bar, and they would have like all the different aliens there, but there would always only be one of each like species of alien. And I was like, ah, I'm not buying this. <laughs> yeah, why aren't there, there like, like two? Why isn't there like a whole table of elves? Right, that's what I'm saying. You know, because like, you know, a bunch of forty year old white dudes are all. It's when you go to a bar, yeah. there's a table full of forty year old white dudes. Yeah, you know. Oh, and then and. Then, and- in the prequels, they kind of did that, but it was like in the Senate, or there's like a whole little pod of Got ETs it. or like, you know, Wookies hanging out. But wow, yeah, a lot of crossover. Alf, ET. I didn't even <laughs> see. This is why I need to watch these shows. I didn't know that they had these characters in Star Wars. <laughs> well, that was it was like fan pandering. All the prequels is about is like fan pandering. And uh, then when nobody liked Jar Jar in the first one, they're like, George Lucas is like, well, I guess I gotta put him in the second one, but shit on him immediately and then have him just disappear from the movie. This is like when we um, try to gain fame by getting people on our podcast that have huge followings. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> None of whom will listen this far into the episode for sure. I'm saying so. there's no, there's, I could literally say the name and it wouldn't get back to them. <laughs> anyway. Wow, what a long, unnecessary outro. Hopefully, hope you enjoyed that. Hopefully, one person is, enjoys this. Get, hey, just just get ready. This is more of this. This is basically season three right here. Yeah. Wow. I'm all zipped up on Coke Zero. I guess I don't know what the hell happened. <laughs> Rare form. Oh, that's fantastic. I think I just miss spending time with you like this. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I'll stop the thing now. <laughs> A podcast greater than yourself was created by recovered alcoholics. All involved in the creation of this podcast are active members of Alcoholics Anonymous who wish to carry the message of our own recovery to those who still suffer. We do not claim to represent Alcoholics Anonymous. All comments are from our own experiences as alcoholics who have recovered by following the directions for the 12 steps found in the book Alcoholics Anonymous. Thanks for listening.